Wow. This week on Fumbling Around Detroit Sports, uh, this is a doozy. This is a good one. Um, we talk about some tough subjects. I have Ellen Stackowitz on, uh, stand-up comedian for about five or six years, uh, improviser, part of the Planet Net Farm Team, part of the Planet Net Podcast Network, uh, very involved, uh, great person. We kind of delve into the inequality and harassment that kind of goes on and a lot of things, you know, and I was, you know, a little awoken about by uh, her and what's going on and what's happened to her and to the community and uh, just bringing out awareness. Uh, we talked Tigers and how Al Avila is just not a good GM. Uh, we could have got so much for Fulmer. We'll get into that. Um, yeah, but man, Pistons are bad. Again, I don't know what to say. Lions are bad. We're practicing with uh, the Patriots. Cool. Uh, then I go into fantasy baseball talk, and this week was, man, crazy week. Lots of auctions. Trades trying to be done. Two trades got vetoed. Uh, the deadlines are over. Uh, still a little bit left over, but we'll get in, you know. Enjoy the episode, guys. This is a good one. Bye. Hey, while I got you here, though, actually, check out our other pl- podcast, you know. you know, uh, We got Michael Dupree Variety Hour. We have the Incubator that just had Detroit Strange come on and D- Detroit and Dragons. Uh, we have the Ride Along. There are so many different podcasts, uh, so check them out. Find what you like. Check out the Incubator. That'll always be showing new ideas, new creators, new podcasts. Uh, Enjoy, guys. Take care. Bye. Also, this was powered by Pinecast. Check out Pinecast for all your podcasting needs, guy. Great host. Thank you, Pinecast. And we're live at Fumbling Around with uh, Detroit Sports. Your host, Tom Steinman. In the house today, I have one of my favorite people. I'm very excited. Welcome to the house, Ellen Stackowitz. I said that correctly, right? You did, but I did promise we would dive into... In a way, you did say it correctly. Yes. This is a very complicated answer. You said it correctly in what you've been taught is my last name and what I've been taught is my last name. <laughs> there, It is not really Stakowicz. It is, well, it's spelled the same, but true Polish pronunciation, it's like Stachowicz, Dohovicz, you know. <laughs> and I didn't really know why, but I have, okay, let me back it up a bit. This right. might take up the whole hour, but so that's, <laughs> That's how you're supposed to say it. And if you go to Poland, that's how they're going to say it. And over there, it's like a Smith. Like, it's a very common name. Okay. And uh, so my dad kind of morphed it along the way. Because growing up, his side of the family, they would all, they all pronounce it the right way. Stahovich. And he grew up, he grew up with that. Yeah. But then, like, he had a lot of football coaches who would call him, like, Hey, Stack! Stack! <laughs> and he just, I guess he thought that sounded cooler. So then he moved out of the state and ended up here in Michigan. And then just Kid. now it's Stackowitz. Oh, yeah. It's cool. I mean, that's why that's where I got my nickname Steiner from. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody. Have you ever heard anybody call me Steiner? Probably. Or even Probably, myself? Yeah, of course I have. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, like. Well, at least on the podcast, like, oh, today, Steiner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, read yeah. the. Okay, yeah. Uh, your partner. Jason Pedersen was on the last episode. Did you listen to him? I oh, don't put me out. 
<laughs> That's all right. It's okay. Just be honest. I did not. You did not. Uh, you you planned on it. You had a good time. I do plan on it. It is it is a bit jarring uh, hearing like local podcasts because like they're typically like, oh, these are people I know. These are my friends. I want to jump in on the conversation. Oh, uh, I can. Yeah, you're like talking to yourself and people are like, what is that person doing? I'm definitely not going to listen to my episode. I no. That, no I'll, that I, was my next question. I can't. No, no it's I, all right. I understand. I like, have an unusual voice. I know this and I hate it. So I'm not going to listen to it. <sighs> I understand where you come from. Uh, Ellen's been doing comedy, stand-up comedy, and improv for how many years? Oh no! What? what, what why are you saying oh no? Because it's like, do there are certain portions? I'm like, do I really want to count that? Like, okay, I guess I get you could that. technically say on and off for like six years, but then there is also a lot of years where I was just, uh, <laughs> I was uh, a a bit wild, you know. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, uh, I'm sure you had your time. I like think 20 to 22. And how old are you right now? 24. 24. <laughs> Just for listeners, because, uh, well, first of all, you're the first woman to come on the show, so what? thank you. Yeah, I have it. I got another one next weekend. Though. Okay. And then I have another one, might oh, be the weekend no. after. So this is about to be some women coming on. I got to represent a whole so I appreciate group it. of people who are all very different. Yeah. And I got to. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody might listen to this and be like, oh, she doesn't really know anything about sports. Oh, I'm not going to listen to any more women on the. No. I, I probably know more than I think I do. I'm not even worried about that. I'm like excited that you've been doing comedy for five or six years. Like, that's a long time to be doing anything. Yeah, it's longer than like high school when I really thought about it. I'm like, a lot of the people I met through doing comedy. I've known them longer than I would have known, like, a person I met yeah. in, like, high school or college. Yeah, I know. And I feel like the friendships are stronger. Oh, yeah, for sure. all connected by something we share an interest in. Yeah, and it's a very supportive community. Well, I actually would like to talk a little bit about that. Uh, do you know the first time I saw you? No, but I can think of the first time I saw you okay what was that i'm curious to know if it's the same day or no i and well my first time you know just in this day and age with the whole social media like names start to pop up yeah oh yeah for sure because you're like who's this and you yeah so somebody i guess will shout out to pete jacobs okay he pops up in my facebook a lot he's in my algorithm he's a funny guy Uh, yeah oh yeah Uh, go one yeah one of the head people at go he uh posted something like hey somebody just left a bunch of nice stuff for my kid on my porch oh it was you wasn't it uh you like left like books and stuff oh yeah i did do that and it's like oh that was star wars or something like that yeah well they're a big star wars family i forgot about that yeah i got that from the school i worked out (laughs) that that i was like oh that was a nice thing that this person did let's click on this name and see who this is and then i just saw your profile real quickly and then i guess i saw you in real life after that okay oh well that's a good first impression like yeah absolutely I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm kind of scared to hear mine because it's not gonna. Oh, up to your stuff. oh yeah, I think. <laughs> so you were probably, oh jeez, eighteen or nineteen then, right? It oh was my like gosh. right, which that is that far back? Uh, yeah, uh, it was at uh, a like uh, a pop up comedy improv and stand up together at O'Malley's or something like that. I forgot. I was probably drinking my fourth diet coke of the night. 
probably. I mean, you were pretty young, but uh, you had a stand-up set there, and uh, <laughs> I. So th- my first impression of you is talking about how you're not very good at blowjobs. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> see, see, this is what I mean. I don't count that. I don't. I don't. It's just I'm just letting you oh, know. Oh no! I, I thought I thought it was uh, yeah. My my writing has evolved. Because <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah, well, when you're, well, first of all, at that age, you know, you, that's such a new, like, exciting thing to be. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't even know what to dive into right here. But you you that's kind of like an uh, adult thing. You think you're gonna connect to other adults with, like, ooh, let's talk about coffee. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex. Yeah. Like, what else do it? Even yeah. if I don't know too much about the topic, which I really didn't at the time, and still don't. <laughs> I realize like you it's just like a it's an easy topic that younger or newer and younger in the sense that you're a newer comedian. Yeah. You're just gonna go right to it because yeah. you're like, what's an easy laugh? Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So of course I did. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. still not good at them, yeah. just in case if anyone really is dying to know. But is Ellen a, <laughs> is Ellen a character at all? Like is like is are you the same person outside the community as you would be inside? Well, that's actually kind of uh, interesting you brought that up because I I don't know. I've always kind of had a more, some people may call it annoying personality. Not annoying. I, I don't think Not annoying. annoying. Maybe <laughs> bit just, I don't know, a little bit more loud. And when I get on stage, there was uh, a lot of stage fright. So I feel like I toned myself down on stage. And I'm trying to work towards just being a more comfortable version of myself on. Okay, yeah. What a pretentious answer. No, <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. I, like, everybody's got, like, personas, and, like, everybody acts different around different people and different, like, it's kind of, I don't know, it's improv, like, in a sense, you know, when you think about it. So I'm just curious, because I feel like you've kind of, like, a little bit, like, it's a, it's a persona a little bit, a little bit of, like, uh, an anxiety, like, I don't think you have I it. Don't I don't know. I think that's actually... It's all real? That That's no. all real. And unfortunately, I, I don't really uh, like lumping myself in that category, but other people do. They'll point oh, it out before I do. What? That? Oh, you're so anxious. And oh, why, you know, you just got to loosen up. And I'm like, this is me loosen <laughs> up. Like, this is how I'm expressing myself. I, I tend to ramble on, over-describe details, and that's how I talk naturally. Okay. And it's a bad habit on the improv stage, though, when I'm just sitting there doing a 20-minute monologue about exposition. You don't want to do that in improv. No, not not necessarily. I mean, it depends, I guess. There's no absolutely wrong thing you could do, but yeah. I Uh, feel like, uh, well, my bad habit is I try to put too much detail on the other person. Like, if we were doing an improv scene, I'd be like, Tom, well, actually, you wouldn't be Tom in the scene. You would be a, (laughs) you'd be a... Reginald, my eldest son, heir to the throne, why have you forsaken the family by bringing home a peasant girl? See, like, I, I, that, I, I would go on for like 30 minutes <laughs> describing the date that you went on with this peasant girl, and then you wouldn't even get to say anything. I have done this so many times to scene partners, and I apologize if you're listening. Don't apologize. So I would just say, I think you're on... A good idea, just maybe reduce it a little bit. If you just like oh, yeah. reduced it, because like I sometimes have the opposite problem where I'm not bringing in enough description to the beginning of the scene. 
which is needed. You know, you want some description of, you know, where we're at, who, why. So sometimes I, you know, don't get into that and then the scene doesn't go anywhere. I think we should do a two-man then because then I'll just give all the details <laughs> and you can... Just do, react to them. Just physically. Don't yeah. even say anything. I wouldn't even say anything. That, physically that would be a funny... If I did not say one oh, thing gosh. the whole set. That would be really good or really bad. We've got to work on it. Yeah, I kind of want to, like, it'd be... I would really have to focus on environment and physicality and stuff like that. I would just be curious to know. Huh. Something to think about. Uh, so, yeah, that was my first... Uh, the fir- I mean, I really didn't get to really see much young. I'm very curious. Sorry, sometimes I have, like, ADHD. I think Andy pointed out the, <laughs> the other day. Wait, were you at Paul Britton? No, you weren't at Paul no. I was, yeah. Well, you were at Paul Britton, yeah. And, and he kind of, you know, because my brain was just like, oh, yeah, this or that. And then we talk the about way, it. So, it's so uh, I saw a comment by uh, Kate Holmes. Oh, Ellen, uh, I haven't described enough. Not only she's been doing stand-up and improv and stuff, she does a lot of stage managing. You've been in sketch shows, right? I've been in, yeah, one. One, or a sketch show. <laughs> a- but, but you were also on the farm team. Uh, which I, you know, congrats. I think, you know, at 24, like, that's really good. Um, I'm sure maybe, like, sometimes I don't think family understands or anything like that. So, you know, they, but I think that's pretty awesome at a young age. They, I, I think they think it's a, uh, they uh, realize it's a big deal for me. Okay. And then they, uh, they want it for me. Because yeah. they, this is something I've been consistently doing. It's been a positive thing in my life. There have been times I have made money off of it. I've <laughs> gotten like professional work out of like some of the theater stuff that I do, yeah. and you know we were I've, in a commercial I've, together. We, oh, the pizza one, uh, right? No, the earbud one. Oh, the earbud one. Okay. Where you were uh, like the rocks? Yes, I yeah. remember that. Did you see yeah. that video? No. You haven't I, seen I that just one? Got I saw my check in the mail yeah. doing it. I was like. Cool. Hell yeah. yeah. And then I <laughs> cashed it, and then I kind of forgot all about that. Yeah, I did too. Until uh, Des, Des, I had a Des on for an episode. Do you remember Des? Yes, he. He, he was the, the cowboy. cowboy yeah. yeah. So uh, he, he like that day he just saw it like the day before or whatever we watched. It's oh, pretty cool. cool. I yeah. mean, I I have seen clips of it. It's hard to watch it though. Like it's not like it's just like on YouTube or something. It's like I don't know. It was weird. Yes. Uh. Yeah, we were in a commercial, but yeah, like I have gotten like. You know, as far as like professional work goes, it tends to be more backstage. Yeah, yeah. With uh, stage managing, or I've uh, done a little bit of light and sound, but I'm not a master yet. That's why I'm going back to school for the sound stuff yeah. because I've had some horrible examples of sound going wrong <laughs> at my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I guess I don't want to dive into that. It's very traumatic. Yeah, I bet. I'm so sorry. Cause talking about feedback in like a pack theater of a bunch of Girl Scout troops and all these these wine moms coming to see Fancy Nancy's Splendiferous Christmas. <laughs> and Fancy Nancy forgot to put her freaking mic on. So I'm turning up her gains and thinking it's my fault. And then uh, suddenly... Phew. She gets her mic back on and just feedback uh, everywhere. Uh, Kids screaming. Uh, Mom's upset. They yeah. paid a lot of money to be there, and that was my fault. It was my fault that that happened. I could have just, I was ready to walk away from all things backstage no. two or three years ago at this point. Glad I didn't, but yeah. I, I was ready to quit like the podcast studio job I work. I'm like, I cannot. This is, no, this is not for me. I'm yeah. horrible at this. I cried for 
it's still like uh, now I can laugh at that memory, but now I'm like, and it took a long time to accept that that was something that happened and that I did. And we I'm all like make mistakes. Blacklisted uh, from this touring children's theater. Group did you learn from York. it? No, I did. Well, maybe I learned. Wow, touring theater groups who do shows for children out of New York are so pretentious. Okay. I so. didn't know. I learned, um, well, they <laughs> were a little bit. Because I would, like, walk back there and say hi to them, and I would get nothing. Uh, uh, but, God. I learned, uh, yes, take opportunities that you think you aren't prepared for, but also no. Yeah, kind of know oh, yourself and your skills and I, limitations. I and got a little cocky, and I thought that it would be kind of like more what I do at the podcast studio, which is a little more on the lighter side of okay. just checking sound levels. and. What podcast studio? This would be Podcast Detroit. Okay, so, yeah. so you're part of Podcast Detroit, and you're part of uh, the Planet Ant Podcast Network, right? You're still yes. part of that? Yeah. So, um. That's all. Like, I mean, you're doing quite a bit of things, and you're going to school for like, uh, what? sound engineering. But I, if, if I don't pass the physics classes, I gotta. If, I, if there's a physics tutor out there, hit me up. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. It's gonna be a lot of math, a lot of physics. So you'll figure it out. I'm pretty Let's nervous. <laughs> just put some time into it. You I know, it, it's yeah. hard work, and you'll figure it out. Uh, all you can do is just try, right? That is true. So at least you're, again, putting yourself out there in things that you are not uncomfortable. You know, you're putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, which some people are afraid to do, and they never grow because of that. You know, some of your biggest lessons will be from these failures. So don't be afraid to fail. Like, I know it's embarrassing at that time and stuff like that. Um, I think you're just young, and you just, like, no, nobody cares. If I could give you any uh, advice, nobody cares. There's a bunch of like nine year old girls who remember that moment and they care. Well, no, they don't. They uh, whatever. Oh, then they need to get a life. Uh, if that's their one moment that they remember, <laughs> like I feel sorry for them. They uh, have other issues. So no one's gonna. I mean, if they do, like just nobody cares. Just move on with your life. I I'm trying. I know you are. I think <laughs> just you know don't. Understand that you're gonna make yes. mistakes. Well, you don't think Sean Hanlon makes mistakes? You just keep going and you move on. And then he does. You're unhuman if you don't make mistakes. Don't even let anybody fool you. <sighs> Any adult who acts like they have everything together is a lie. It's a sham. I know. It's a sham. <laughs> it is. We're just trying to get by and do the best we can. And that's all you could do. And if you focus on that, like, and not focus on all this other crap and negativity, you'll just be so much better. You know, uh, we just, it's unfortunate. We just had two more shootings that happened. Yeah. Right. And if you go on Facebook, all you see is everybody arguing and fighting. Everybody's a Facebook activist. Yeah. I, I'm glad that, you know, we, we do care about the issues, but I think social media does kind of hold us back in a sense of what. Nothing gets accomplished. We just yeah. argue and fight, name call, and people are all upset. That's it. Uh, like. Family members, you know, it just, it just, this Facebook is, have you seen the great, uh, the, it's called The Great Hack or The Big Hack? It's like this new documentary out. Uh-oh, no, but I like documentaries. Oh, man, you need to watch it. Uh, anybody who's interested in propaganda, 
and technology needs to watch it because these companies i've been already i was saying i've been seeing on other episodes because people are getting on me or getting on about the face app like i'm so smart i didn't do the face app and stuff like that but yet they're on facebook which just got sued for like 30 trillion dollars or something because they're storing all of our data like data is essentially more profitable than oil right now it's a commodity. Our information and data that we're giving up freely is worth a ton of money to these people, and then they use it on us to target us psych- psychologically. Like, it's 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 crazy. It's very jarring, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to watch it. It goes into how, uh, it af- how they targeted certain people and an effect. Like, just be aware. Just be aware that you're being targeted. It is, I mean, it, the old days was TV and stuff, you know, and now it's technology or it's uh, like it's facebook and social medias and stuff like that like people are using it as a way of advertising uh i'm gonna go on two different side tangents yes. at the fork uh, the first one uh well actually the first one i'll just make quick you need to take your uh your the character you made out of the face app the old man it, boomer time boomer uh, tom and uh do like a one-man show just yeah you I just, just whatever is on his mind just, <laughs> all right. i love the every it's just so accurate to how oh yeah well it's yeah. part like a little bit of my family a little bit god bless yeah <laughs> well that my, that my grandpa would say like he wouldn't say the controversial things or something sometimes i would say but he would always just end up like god bless. and he means well or anything like that it's just really yeah it's just a funny Thing. It's definitely a good cap at the end of each uh, thought musing of this this older gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I think what's so intriguing about it is because like, I was really kind of like trolling people at some of these. Like, I was on like Down River and Friends Facebook group and stuff. Oh man, it was a lot of fun. And, like people started to realize that I was like a millennial being a boomer and stuff like that. Like, oh, uh, it was just it was it was a lot of fun. I just love just... the thought of this guy just posting selfies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He has to post a selfie in order to like get what's <laughs> off his mind. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so my next thing, I'm gonna try to do one last thing because I got like the pot. I, uh, I started like what I started doing was like promoting other people uh, through him. So I started promoting like Andy Reid, and like his uh, video of like had like 200 views when I like post him, and now they have like 2,000 views. Oh wow! <laughs> so uh, like just by like oh my like calling him crazy, it's like writing in my boomer thing. Like just started like they all got like would get taken down, but they got a bunch of views and stuff before uh, people were able to take him down. This is just put so... you on everyone's promo team, I guess. So uh, I just saw Anthony. Uh, we'll get back. I know you got, you got of course. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, Anthony Douglas is uh, yes. trying Wampus or whatever. I, d- I have seen that pop up. I, yeah, yeah, so I think I'm going to try to, like, see if I can try to promote his video next. We'll see. I'm going to try to, like, get on the uh, Down River and Friends and just be like, who's this idiot? Because So what I do is I, like, call somebody an idiot or, like, give them negative attention so people want to see what's going on. It's, people like negative attention. Yeah. So, it, like, it. controversy and stuff. And they and that, watch it like, this guy's not an yeah. idiot. <laughs> they want to, like, know what's going on and stuff. Yeah. So that's how I got, like, Andy Reid. It's just oh, cool. so funny. All right, so um, you had another fork of the road. I did. Let's see. Um, it was about targeted ads. Do you ever get anything for you that's just like very, like, why is this for me? Like, I would. I used to get an ad all the time for an ebook. I was like, download your copy today, uh, and it was called a book called "The Girl with the Pretend Husband" or like the girl <laughs> with the <laughs> not real husband. It's like a, a girl on the front, like, sh- like doing like, whispering the or yeah, do the shush. 
that she had a, a make-believe husband. That was the book that was always targeted to me. And I'm like, why? Did you what ever is get it? No. <laughs> like, what <laughs> is this saying about me? So uh, uh, in that documentary, they talk about, like, do you ever feel like, has that, like, they asked, like, a room full of people, have you ever, f- like, saw an ad, and then it was just after you, like, said what it was? Like, or you just talked about that ad or that, that thing? Uh. Yeah, but I also, like, if I get fixated on something that I really want, like, right now, after this recording, I really want to go pick up some matcha powder, because I was, like, reading about how the caffeine of matcha supposedly, like, stretches out a little bit longer than, like, coffee, and I, I'm always dead around, like, 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. I'm completely, I want to sleep, I feel groggy and horrible, so I was like, well, let's just get some matcha powder, so if I'm thinking about matcha powder... I'm probably also Googling matcha powder and I'm finding excuses to talk about it to my friends and like I'm just really fixated on matcha powder. Next thing you know, yes, I will get an ad. Yeah. Uh, Well, people have often felt like they've been listened to, like they just brought something up and like that just all of, like, you know, maybe like White Claw or something like that is like now just coming up. That did blow up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But anything. Uh, But a lot of times if it did happen, they're like, that means like the data or information, like the targeting's working even better because it's like they're not listening and they just are able to predict from the data points and information that they're able to collect. Pretty predictable. Group you in a certain (laughs) type of person and find things that like they think they could target you with. That's it works though. No, it is. A lot of stuff that yeah, I know. You know, like a lot of people think they're being like original and stuff and like no, you're just a part like you're another stereotypical group. There's like another you in another city, you know. I want to meet that person so we could be friends. (laughs) Yeah, right. I could use some friends. (laughs) You're listening. If you also are getting targeted ads for the girl with the make believe husband. Call me. We can hang out. Maybe we could do a book club and read this book. Do a podcast about it. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good idea. I'm going to figure out who else is getting this targeted ad. Because every month or so, it'll just pop up. I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to read this Find book. that out. That, that's who you need to target with your... I'm like, who wants to be my friend? We can all... We can read this book. Yeah. Then we can write a book about how we all came together over this... this uh, I'm not going to... I'm not going to judge this book before I read it. Okay. I'm not supposed to do that. It could be a really good book. Yeah. I'm not giving it much hope, though. (laughs) Uh, Do you read? How often do you read? I'm really trying to do it more. And I'm feeling pretty. Well, I think a lot of things changed because. Well, I recently started taking antidepressants, and I'm just throwing that out there. Ellen, I love that you're always honest, or think, usually yeah. honest. Well, because it's been a very positive thing in my life. Yeah, so. like, I mean, on Facebook, some of the things that you might write on there, I'm like, man, like, she's putting it out there, and, you know, you're allowing people to help you and comment. Like, do you, I mean, you obviously feel supported through oh, yeah. I, a lot of people. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of an addiction, but I try to tone down the, I used to be very, look at me, look at me on Facebook, and I would... You know, You're young. Write about the bad things in my life and then try to make it funny. And then that morphed into like, well, I'd rather just try to make people smile. Because then, then that kind of morphed into like, let's just have a dumb ob- observational thought, write it on Facebook. And then it could turn into a stand-up bit. It may not. It may just. So, and there, there's a, it's a double-edged sword because every once in a while I'll get like a message from somebody I haven't talked to in years. And they'll be like. You know, I just want to let you know your messages always make your uh, your statuses always make me laugh. So thank you for doing that. I think you're very funny, and then that always makes me feel good. But then there's also the the dark side of it of 
I gotta get these likes. I gotta write something. I gotta. Yeah. It's just constantly on my brain. I I want to tone that down. You know, yeah. it's a very like I want to. You ever get del- in touch You're with not on ego. Twitter, so. No, uh, I was able to get Twitter like just. There's a lot of I don't know. It just never really was for me. <laughs> I'm as you know, I talk a lot. I can't. That's just a little bit of character. <laughs> not enough for you to get it enough. out. Well, now you can do like Twitter threads and stuff like that. Those are yeah. too hard to follow. Uh, don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, no. I don't understand it necessarily completely. We. I sound like an old. I feel like an old guy saying no, I, that. I adamantly. I don't care for Twitter. It's not for me. Okay. I don't uh, know why I got so upset about Twitter. <laughs> I usually do. I try to look up people's like Twitters and stuff that come on and just like look at like what they post or what they posted a long time ago. Bring up the rate. No, I'm oh, joking. No. Nobody's ever been like racist, <laughs> but like that happens to like young baseball players. Oh, uh, where like uh, Josh Hader, who uh, is now like one of the best closers, maybe the best relief pitcher in the game had said some racist comments and stuff when he was, like, 18, 19, or 20 and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and they come up sometimes. And I remember, like, people are upset, but, like, it's funny when people are really good at sports how things just kind of, like, go away. I mean, it kind of happened to Miguel Cabrera. Miguel oh, Cabrera got yeah. in some trouble. Did you ever know about that? Probably. Yeah, he, like, uh, got really drunk and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. in Florida or something and had a bag. Yeah, it just wasn't good. Was it a good look? Was it a good thing? But he won like the MVP and he won like a triple crown, and everybody forgot about it. You know, um, I th- you know, I think some things can be forgiven. Yeah, his case. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say that I'm better than a person who does go out and indulge in a few drinks, and but then again, he's also in a very different place that I'm in. He's uh, much more financially yeah, stable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have obviously yes. a little more. He could have definitely have had somebody drive him or anything like that. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know. And then with the uh, digging up old tweets of just really showing like a true side of somebody, I think that does need to be looked into a little bit yeah. more. So if somebody is making comments, thinking that they're amongst people who are going to agree with them yeah. like they really need to to check themselves on I mean, that yeah how about uh you were there we both took uh Paul Britton's um workshop Oh Paul... I I was not at the workshop. Oh you weren't at the workshop No I had to drop that Oh yeah. Uh well somebody told a very interesting story Uh I'm not going to name it. it was a teacher uh in the improv community and in their improv class uh, a uh, a person used like the N word in a scene or something, and it was all white people in the in the room, and there was there is a black person that's in the class, but he just wasn't there that day, and uh, so this instructor brought it up, and the guy's like, "Well, if he if that person was here, I wouldn't have said it," and the instructor had to tell like. That's the issue. Like, no, yeah. that's doesn't. That's not okay. Like, no, we we don't agree with you on that. The person might have cried, and well, I'm the, glad he got called out on that. I mean, sometimes, yeah, people do the realization. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, that doesn't make it okay. Like, no, what it were you thinking? Makes but, it worse. Yeah, but like, some that's how. But you also have to realize is how kind of some people think, and you almost gotta like 
make them like he cried because he probably made aware like oh crap like he didn't understand until I guess someone told him or called him out and just I mean it's, as an improv instructor I'm sure it's like an odd place because you're like it's not like it's high school or something where you're like the adult kids you it's adult and adult in right. these situations and stuff like that so you're kind of like hey man yeah so good for that person for calling it out because that could be you know sometimes people don't want to have those awkward conversations even just let it go it's, yeah it is, it is difficult when we come across them uh, that's something i'm working on just got to be a little bit more confident with uh that's kind of the thing i'm you know be more confident in yourself but also be more confident in what you believe and your morals yeah. and i think and, that if there's any advice i like if I, you were, if you asked me, I know this is unsolicited, but yeah, get more cop. I think you're awesome, but I wish you felt that way. Well, no, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hey, like I said, the Prozac makes everything yeah. infinitely better. But you asked about reading. Yes, I'm getting, I'm trying to get back into reading. Um, I, I'm just finishing up. Uh, somebody gifted me, a friend of mine, for my birthday, uh, the Mark Marin Attempting Normal. Book. Okay. Know. You know, I am a I am a Mark Maron fan, and that's another person who I'm glad has become self aware of bad behavior over the years. Because <laughs> when he talks about you know his past relationships and his uh you know his ex wives and like some of the more abusive characteristics as far as emotionally that he kind of indulged himself in, like I'm I'm glad that he's taken a step back and he'll. He'll talk about it a lot on his podcast, okay. and he's very open about it. But in that book, there were definitely some moments where I was like, this is uncomfortable to read. <laughs> and then yeah. there are other parts is just, well, that's just Mark being a crotchety old man. Like, I, I don't know. That's a very conflicted person that, you know, I follow their career. But I'm, I'm just happy that he's, uh, he's much more open about that he's a changed person. And I don't know, doesn't. I don't know. We yeah. all know Mark Marin. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's hard living because, like, in this world, we're so connected through this internet and stuff, and it's so quick to jump on people. And uh, so, something did you? So again, I hate to bring up the, the two shootings that just happened, but do you know Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yes. The scientist. Did you see what he posted or what he tweeted? Uh, no. So he like had a tweet. Oh yeah, duh. You're not on well, Twitter. Uh, Twitter still appears uh, all over. Yeah, yeah. Media. So uh, you know what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So actually, uh, probably where I saw it, I was actually Facebook first was somebody else posted about it. Was exactly it. So he wrote like I don't know what forty people I think were massacred in these shootings or something like that. Let's say. So he wrote uh, in the last twenty four hours, or in the last forty eight hours, these many people died, and so. And then he wrote also these things, like also people died of the flu and like named other things that people died of that were more in that time. And it's not a good look for him. That, like, yeah. like these people, yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, that's... Yeah. Like people are like, you guys, if he's the only black scientist you follow, you need to like follow other scientists that are black. Because <laughs> uh, they're out there. Uh, but he gets all the, you know, he's like... Everybody knows him. Well, he's a celebrity, yeah. He's a, and then now there's, like, things of him being accused by, it was one woman, but, like, I think maybe up to four women now of, I don't know if it's some type that of. That was something that I did see a while back and then suddenly just Yeah, just, just disappeared. So I don't know if he's, maybe he just, because he, he seems to be a nice guy on TV and, I don't know, like, people just going better. I don't know. So, 
Uh, it is a crazy day and age we uh, we live in. Um, but I'm glad people are getting called out. For yeah. For hopefully things can change. It's going to be an awkward time, but so I mean, over the next ten years. I I want to ask you. You've been in the stand up comedy stand up um, for five six years now, and improv. You're one of the few that has been like cross. Oh Dude. God, there's there's a bunch. There's Who? We got. There's a bunch. <laughs> You're one of the rare few that I feel like is in with both crowds. I'm just trying to make more friends, I guess. I don't know. You have, I think you have a lot of friends. This, this isn't anything wrong. I'm just, this is awesome. Like, I want to know, I have questions, like, Uh-oh. about the community and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. Um, I've listened to the Ride Along podcast. They're part yeah. of the Planet Ant Podcast Network. Um uh, is there any other ones that are coming? There's uh, well, you got uh, as far as stand up goes, you got the big time garbage. Yeah, big time. Are they coming to the network? I don't know if they're coming. Uh, oh, you mean on the Planet Ant Network? Yeah. Uh, that'd be hey, this is an open invitation if big time garbage is listening. listening. Yeah. Um, but then some other podcasts that are not on the network but run by Detroit stand ups that are pretty good. There's Truthcast, which I think you would like. Okay. Because it's like more of like an it's stand ups, but they're doing like improvised characters of like conspiracy theorists and it's like Okay. It's a pretty funny one. And then it's also a live show that just got moved to go. Nice. So who's on it? Uh Mike Bobbitt and like Not sure who's Alex Bosnovic. Like I don't know. Okay. I would check it out. I okay. think you would really like it. Cool. And then um uh there's why am I blanking? I know, I know. Um, is this bullshit? That's another podcast. And then, yep. uh, let's see. Then there's also, and I think on our network, or at least recording in the studio, I don't know the name of the podcast, but I know Lindsay Rendell and Johanna Mandranda have a okay. podcast. So I think the episode I listened to on the ride along was Johanna was on it. Is she a state? Is that possible? Yes. And then her, maybe her boyfriend or something like that. Or, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, you got questions about stand? Well, we just plugged a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, just pl- uh, well, I'm, I've always been interested. Like, I've, I've written some stuff out, but I've never performed it. I've never practiced it, really, or anything like that. But some, it's always something I've always felt like I will do eventually. Just got to do it. Get up there. I know. I knew you were going to say that. That's what I would I know. Say. I, would, I know. You're right. You you're right. It. You're yeah. right. Uh, I have a friend, Victor, that used to do a bunch of stand-up. I wish he would get back into it, maybe. Uh, he came out of the podcast and we talked about it. And he was like, "Man, I, you know, he wanted to get back into it. That'd be awesome if he did." Um, so I, I was kind of mentioning this for a second. Kate Holmes made a tweet, and it referred to like basically, "Hey, women in the comedy scene, if you don't, you know, you don't don't basically don't take any harassment from a teacher or a male in the scene or whatever. Like you feel supported, and because uh, I've seen articles before talking about like you know maybe like Chicago, I believe has like you know certain places having uh, some issues coming out about harassment or just I don't know. Uh, so I was I then asked her like, hey, is this like in general or is this local or whatever? You know. And then another late girl, I'm not going to refer to, commented, like, told me to, like, read some book, which I probably should read, but about inequality and stuff, like, in comedy or whatever. I'm like, I'm not disagreeing. Like, I kind of understand that, like, certain people are getting the edge over other people and stuff like that. It's not equality. I get that. I'm not arguing with that. I was just more, like, is this going on locally? Because if it is, I'm not personally aware of it. 
and I might be in a bubble. And I, I was, you know, I want to know. I like, I'm like, you know, because I want to support. I don't want anybody in the community to feel like they don't feel included and supported, and shouldn't have to do anything they don't feel comfortable with. You know, so. Um, that's, you know, so I, like, you know, I wrote, like, hey, I, I mostly hang out at Planet Ant, like, you know, so if it is, I, I hope, at least from my my perspective, is they try to include everybody. I mean, we had the Detroit Women's Comedy Festival. Uh, they just had, is it the Black and Brown uh, opening barbecue in the backyard of the, uh, they have, uh, what's that, the Black Box? for Is that that's is that for women directors? Oh, the Box Fest? The well, Box Fest. I would say, yes, that is an that is an everywhere issue. Yeah, that is an everywhere issue. And then, yes, there have been cases, I would say, of our community as far as theater and improv and stand up go, uh, where people had to be addressed and pulled aside and asked to leave, based okay. on their behavior. And uh, I know that uh, over the past couple of years, it's been really. The people we work with, you know, have been really adamant about making sure that certain people aren't welcome due to bad behavior on their end. And it's, yeah, I mean, I've come across it like I have. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. <laughs> wow, this could be like a three hour podcast. <laughs> just, just, you know. I guess just keep that in mind. It's it's an everywhere issue. It's no, and I wanted a, it's outside of comedy. <laughs> it's in comedy. Yeah. So yeah, because this is a work environment too. So yeah. and there are people who are, I don't want to use the word like superior, but you got like people who are teachers and then people who are students, and it's like you see that more so in improv because of that dynamic. Yeah. But thankfully, I know when issues have come up over the years that I've been doing it, there have been, yeah, people have They take care of it? Or yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I guess I do kind of remember, I didn't, again, like, I'm not always aware of what's going it on. It still needs to be worked on. Yes, no, and okay, yeah, and, that, and I, that's, that's, I want that. I want that conversation to be had. So if you have ideas or, you know, you know, I'm glad that, I always want, no. I know it's not all on you, but I. I it, do, it does feel like it there sometimes. Like it really does. I think. I think. And I'm is, not the only one that feels that way. For sure. Well, you know, um, I hope that maybe we get a support group and you know connect. You know, talk to these other women. I think you're one of the strong women in the group, and I think maybe that's why you've been doing it for a long time. You might feel young, but five or six years in the comedy of doing anything is a it's a long time. Um, but team up and let's let's talk about these things. For sure. I mean, the conversation's always open. I feel like it's always being had, and I'm more the type who uh, let things kind of build up, and then it just all explodes at once. Because it's not just about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you standing up and doing the right thing might help somebody else down the line. I I am trying, you know, but uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just an ongoing and open conversation, for sure. Because I'm very, because you're you're young, in the scene. So or you've been young in the scene. So like I'm curious, you know. I'm if I if you ever get uncomfortable or don't want me no, to like no. say, say anything, please let well, me know. Well, absolutely. You know, coming in as an 18 year old and just uh, never really drank alcohol or smoked weed or did any of that stuff, and then 
being introduced to a large group. And I also had a lot of confidence issues. You know, I was coming from straight out of high school. Yeah. Didn't really, I wasn't going to college right away. So well, you're not, you're not, your brain's not fully developed. No. You know oh, what I'm wow, saying? Yeah. And you're still developing. I'm like, till you're 27, or most people well, say good now. To know. You know I what I'm saying? cram some stuff in there. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> like, you're still immature. And then that, that's what. I was, yeah. And I did come across a lot of behavior that looking back, I uh, was like, wow, you know, that's, uh, that's problematic. And that could have affected me uh, if I, it still does. And then just kind of unpacking that as far as comedy goes throughout the years, uh, it's, uh, you try to learn from it and you try to avoid it. <laughs> and you just try to, I try to really connect back to that 18 year old who just started out and just wanted to do comedy yeah. before any of that stuff kind of, I was introduced to or, yeah. Does that, does that make any sense? No, that makes absolute sense. And I would say oh over this past year, being able to, to, it feels like I'm really reconnecting with that person again and hopefully not doing, you know, bad blowjob jokes anymore. But oh. I'm reconnecting with that person in a sense that it's, uh, That's it's a part becoming of who, like a That's who you are. That's who you were. That's who again, made you so. who you are today. But there were a lot of moments where I was like, okay, maybe comedy's not for me. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, just getting over all that and kind of putting the the darker times behind me because there were, you know, some. So, yeah, uh, I'm sticking with it. So, like, I've made some pretty poor choices, just to let you know. I probably can't get to them on this episode or anything like that, especially because if there's students listening to it or whatever, <laughs> I got to, like, keep it, I got to keep it in, you know. But I've made mistakes, you know, through 18 to 22 that, oh my gosh. You know, and I don't think it's talked about enough, but alcohol. Alcohol oh, yeah. is a crazy drug that, like, we're, like, it's a socially acceptable, though, that makes people do stupid things. And I would say not only that, but with comedy, I mean, it's always in a bar. Yeah. I mean, I would say nine times out of ten. And even if there are people in your community who don't drink, it's still kind of like there is a, a pressure to drink and especially with uh, stand-up with open mic comedy, yeah. the the thing is, well, you got to buy a drink because this bar is being nice enough to let us have time to do stuff. Oh, wow. So if you're going to an open mic two or three times a week, you're spending money on alcohol, and it's just there's still that like pressure to drink. And like it's an issue I'm working on for sure. I would say I've cut back on it a lot, but for a while there, it was like I could easily do six beers a night. Right, no. Uh... So. I found myself when I first started working with the ant and like the open ant hall and stuff like that. There'd be a couple of days because they were like, it was like anything. It's always much loose to the beginning and then you start tightening the reins. You know what I'm saying? It's just any organization or whatever. So it was very, a little bit more loose uh, with uh, alcohol consumption there and stuff like that when you were working and stuff. Like, I don't know how to, I don't work as much now. So, but I know how it was getting. And I mean, rightfully so, really, to be honest. But I didn't care anyways because I like, I don't really drink it all anymore like um but i used to be a college binge drinker and stuff like that it was terrible it's awful it's stupid like for what i like to do that to my body that i only get one of yeah like, i know like a friend bought me a white claw the other day and i'm like i really was planning on not drinking it it was like a night i was working door I, you know i had one yeah and then the next day like the biggest headache ever I'm really like, what 
from my, really? and like I've had stupid moments of thinking I had to drink before performing. Yeah. I, oh God. That's yeah. Pro- you know, that's probably the one, t- like I don't, it's out of nervousness. Yeah. It's yeah. all self-medicating. If yep. Yes. Well, that's what I, I would say is every once in a while, like, yeah, if I do have a drink or something, it's probably before a show. Just something to, uh, like a whiskey to sip on a little bit just to take the edge off or something. That, and that's perfectly reasonable. That's, yeah, it kind of, you know, yeah. kind of helps shut off that filter in your brain that may be yeah. holding you back as far as confidence goes. But uh, for but me, the, I realized yeah. that that wasn't working out for me. Yeah. And I'm glad I recognized that because sometimes that's even how you would get paid as far as stand-up goes. You'd get paid in drinks and it's like... <laughs> So it's just part of the culture almost is like oh, drink. I mean, and for sure it is. And I think bar culture in general is changing. And I, I, in, at least in the creative community where there are more drinks available that aren't alcoholic. Yeah. And it's, um, I wish that there were more, but I would say uh, Trixie's Bar in yeah. Hamtramck, they, um, they have an open mic there. And then they have the best non-alcoholic selection. They got nice. like a whole cooler stocked of... So Any, like, at least yeah. you know you can, you'll buy something, but you don't for like, sure. like don't I, be forced to buy alcohol. It would be a situation where I'd go and I would have like, I used to have several drinks, but now it's more like okay, let's have one shot of vodka, then the rest just Lacroix for the rest of the night. You know? Yeah, yep. which is definitely been a, it's it's helped with my comedy. Alcohol does not help. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna speak for myself on this, and if it resonates with you, I strongly suggest you follow it. But uh, yeah, the the years of comedy that for me was just like a booze cruise, like nothing really good came out of that. Right. And it was all because I was insecure about myself and frustrated that I wasn't as funny as I wanted to be or wasn't getting opportunities that I wanted. And I would just turn to the alcohol because I knew it was a, it was a it's quick fix. Short term, <laughs> short term gratification. Wake up with a headache and. Yeah. But you might be funny. You might you might be a little bit funnier because you drank that day or something like that. Short term gratification because you're a little bit looser and stuff. For but sure. Long term, it you... just hurts you because you're not really growing. Like yeah. you, it's not a, a a practice for success. You can't just like, all right, well I had six beers and I was pretty funny, but now that that six beers, if you're doing it all the time, doesn't have that same effect. Now I gotta drink eight beers to get that effect or something like that. Yeah, but it it, it was a little bit of that, but it wasn't even like. The drinking got to the point, and this is when I knew I kind of had to cut back a little bit, where I was, like, relying on it every night, and um, I wasn't even feeling really anything with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, yeah. Yeah, I was, like... It becomes... The the effect wears off. And I gained a lot of weight, and, like, so... It's not not a... Yeah, like, it... I'm glad I was able to kind of step away from it, but... But uh, it's still there. There are definitely still some rougher nights, but I now know to separate the alcohol and the comedy. They don't have to go hand in hand. No. And I wish that was something that I knew sooner because I was doing stand-up with a lot of young people and, like, a lot of uh, folks who would joke about it on stage. And uh, it's it's hurtful. It, it really was hurtful to the comedy. It wasn't making me any better. It wasn't making me any more creative. It wasn't making me any looser on stage. If anything, I'd get more nervous on stage because, wow, I'm four drinks in. I'm I don't really have as much control of myself. I'm stuttering. I'm forgetting stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're not. You're incoherent. You're not, your brain yeah. is not functioning the way it should be. Yeah. So, but have a drink after. You know, make it. A, I, the the rule that I kind of somebody taught me this is like, drink 
when drink to celebrate, not to mourn. So like, yeah. it feels better to have a, a a drink after the set if you've had a good set and you can hang out with friends. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. Don't make it a thing that. I don't know. Don't make it your lifeblood. You know, don't make it like, oh God. No, that's uh, a. I think that's a good point. Drink when you celebrate, not when you mourn. Because I also feel like, yeah, the the mood you go into with your drink it could really affect. Because it basically gets heightened by your alcohol. So, yeah. like, if you're happy, you're going to probably be happier and more joyful. And if you're sad, you're probably going to just get more sad. You're trying to just drink the pain away. Like, it's going to be there either way. And I definitely was... Uh... And it hurts other people, so... Yeah, because yeah. you don't make good choices. Like, you eat, like, eat, like you said, like not, it's not only the calories and stuff, but it's, like, how you feel the next day. You usually feel... Not as not good because it's like hard to get to your normal self because you're hungover, and then you're gonna make probably poor eating choices like that because you don't want to make anything or try to think or try to eat healthy or anything like that. You want a McDonald's Coke or something yeah, like that. I would always go for like because uh, I try to get more salt in my body, so like ramen noodles and <laughs> you know just salty salt food and yeah. I mean that was a staple. Go out, stay out late drink yeah not even do comedy i would show up to a comedy event yeah. not even go on stage because i was just there to you know drink or yeah feel bad about myself stay out till two three in the morning sleep for an hour throw up go to my bakery job at 5 a.m throw up there put some bread out drink a ton of sparkling water and then do it all again and yeah and i i wasn't I wasn't happy. <laughs> no, right? You're just going no. through the emotions. And sometimes you get stuck if you, if you, you know, and it takes a second to like step outside of that and be like, holy crap, what am I doing? I really thought that was it forever. You know, like this is like going back to like two or three years ago. I thought, wow, I'm not going to go anywhere in comedy, but this is what I gave. My, I didn't go to college. Like this is, this is what I chose to do. And this is just what my life led me to. Um, and I'm working a job that I don't like. It's not really paying very well. And I don't want to be here forever, but it's kind of looking like I'm going to be here forever. So I would just, but drinking was fun, you know? Like It is was, for a short for term. For a while there, a it was bit. fun, yeah. But then you overdo it. I think that's I like. I overdid it, yeah. Uh, every, in life, anything should be in moderation. Like it's, you know, anything that's too pleasurable, you got to be careful with and you know, and uh, it's too good to be true. Like, because that effect wears off, you know, that's like. It's a lot of things. That's you know materialistic things. People buy things because they're just like it makes them happy for a little bit, but then it wears off. Like, what was the purpose of that? Like to brag to everybody. Oftentimes, like I got this. Look how cool I am, and no real like, yeah. So, but thank you. Uh, I was like, I'm still shocked by the whole comedy thing, man. Like, you know, I know it is what it is, but we need to like. I hope we can do something about that like does margaret know hmm? margaret like i feel like you know like if people i don't know if people are aware of this i i, it's, I don't know maybe i'm just in a bubble it's it's everywhere like, yeah i just don't know how else to put that for you but uh it's it's in our community and it's also outside of it and i and i think it's we're going through a, a bit of uh an awkward phase as things get addressed and people have to re-examine how they interact with other people in a sense like if you know somebody's problematic it's for years it was just kind of easy to be like well that's just how that person is yeah 
Or, it was hard to like call anybody out or anything like it that. It was, and I think you know now that it kind of got going. Yeah, I mean, people we, we know to, have left the. Do we need to call people out? Yeah, I don't you, want that to happen. People I should not be either. leaving. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to have. Nobody wants to be put in that spot, and yeah. it shouldn't fall on the person who gets the bad side of it. If you know what I'm saying, like, don't. Say there's an improv teacher and then there's a 19-year-old girl in the class who, you know, that shouldn't be on the 19-year-old girl to... Oh, no, yeah. Who feels... Who's being put in a place where this was a person that they looked up to, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah. That that it's just everyone's kind of expecting that one person to just come out and be like... Because that, that's another thing. It's like, well, if this was really an issue, why didn't you bring it up a long time ago? It's like, you're also kind of brainwashed into thinking like, oh, this is normal. This is just how it is. Yeah, especially when you're that young and you're fully, if you've only been involved in it for a little bit, you don't know what normal You don't really is. realize things until you get a little especially bit Especially you just older. got out of high school. Like, Yeah. Well, I, I, I said 19-year-old girl. I wasn't necessarily talking about No, no, no. No, I'm not either. But I'm talking other... to But any 19-year-old probably just got out of high school. Yes. <laughs> so I wasn't... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying in general, any 19-year-old is not all put together, you no. know? No, so not nowhere at all. So the, the, now the, this whole giant societal problem is resting on their shoulders. like, And, and it's not just girls either, right? You know, so... I'm sure. I'm sure there's... I mean, <sighs> don't... <sighs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, like I said, this could be like a three, four-hour podcast. Yeah. But. Well, I'm... <laughs> I'm not glad it's happening, but I'm glad I'm aware of it now. Because, uh, I, again, I wasn't I was in a bubble then. Because I remember um, it was probably your friend, or I heard something about one of your friends. Because there was a guy that got left when I first started at Go. Right? No? Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a... So I do remember that happening. And I just thought that, that it was maybe a one-time thing, and they got rid of him. But, Yeah. Okay, so it's still happening, and I apologize if uh, I'm ignorant. Well, no, I mean, there's no need to apologize, uh, but just if people come to you and tell you something, I put your faith in that person. And oh, yeah, for sure. Nobody has. Like, yeah, like, I, that, that's what you do. You know? Yes, for sure. And just continue to be you. <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted people that I hope, so. you know, the people that are in charge are listening to this. Oh, that, they are. You know? They are, and it, it puts them in a harder spot, too. I yeah. understand, but... Uh, I mean, uh, we're, we're pretty thankful to have a group of people who are pretty active about it. So here at the Ant. Yes. So you yes. can always go to somebody like Darren and say something and, yeah, you know, they'll listen and they will take care of it. But it's, it's hard to be the one that comes forward even, uh, I can't think of the word, even, um anonymously yeah it's hard so but you're not alone so yes and uh i don't know just uh well thank you that's what (laughs) no (laughs) uh again because i mean there's not a lot of women that know a ton of sports again i am having more women come on actually in the next few weeks i have booked and i you know because i i know more than i think i do that's definitely i was on my powder puff high school football team and i was corner back not yeah. quarterback it was corner back well i'm just saying like in general it's uh if i bring it up they, they just aren't comfortable 
they don't know me well enough either to maybe like, okay, I trust him. Like they just think, you know, they're, they're, first they probably don't listen. You know, it's just, it's, it's going to be a more male oriented probably fan base. Um, I don't have the information to document or like check that out or whatever. But, um, but next week I have uh, actually Alex Bork. Do you know who that is? Uh, Caitlin's oh, okay. sister. Yeah. Did you know about her? No. So uh, I guess I'll drop this. Uh, it's planned that she should be on my next week's episode. And she went, she's a, a gymnast who went to Michigan State. Oh, With uh, the whole Nassar situation and stuff like that and the sexual abuse that kind of went on with the whole women's gymnastics thing. Uh, She has, uh, I wish I I don't, uh, Kim, Kim, my fiance, is the one who kind of gave me the heads up that uh, because her family, their family owns uh, Brightly Twisted, which is a tie-dye clothing-like company and stuff. And out of some clothing or something, she made this, like, beautiful butterfly dress in some type of representation of the women, like, involved in that whole thing. So oh, well, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. yeah, so she'll be on next week. And I'm very, I'm, 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 you know, I'm grateful that she's willing to come on and speak to me because I don't know her. So I had to, you know, speak to Caitlin and, you know, like, give me the benefit of the doubt. Who I don't know, like, you know, I know Caitlin through Planet App, but it's not like I know her on a completely personal level. So, like, you know, people are putting their tr- faith in me, and I appreciate it. Um, I, I think about when my, if you listen to, if you do ever listen to any of my episodes, go listen to Bob Feynman, who uh, who uh, is a Marine. And, you know, he got two Purple Hearts, and he was able to talk about how he got those. You know what a Purple Heart is? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, like, he almost passed away twice in combat and he made it through it for him to talk about those experiences and stuff and open up, you know, I feel very grateful. Um, these are a lot of learning experiences for me to like take in, you know, cause we all come from these different backgrounds and perspectives and experiences and stuff like that. So, um, thank you. I just no, really appreciate you. No, the, you. I would say, yeah, doing comedy opened up the world for me cause I, I met a lot of people outside of the town I grew up in and, met people outside of work and like family wise and gave me a, a very well-rounded group of people to yeah uh do you formative years <laughs> uh this will probably never go away but do you ever because at least for me i always feel like if i go back to high school like i'd be i still see a decent amount of my high school people every once in a while like God. we do like a july like i had i enjoyed i had a really good i did it no. i had a lot of friends in high school no, or, I'm, I'm happy to hear that yeah uh it's good he's had lifelong friends. You know? Yeah. No, I'm very grateful because I understand that doesn't happen. But I don't think, you know, you can still make great friends after. Like, I still have a lot of great people that I've met after, you know, especially through the improv community. I have a lot of people that, you know, I'll be invited to my wedding and stuff like that that I got to meet. So, um, but forgot what I was saying. High school friends. High school friends. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I still have people I'm still in touch with, but I feel like with comedy the friendships are a little bit deeper uh just because this was something we all chose to be here i think it's all very you know, vulnerable too that too you know we really gain each other's trust when we just are able to let our guards down and just have fun like that's why i love improv like it gets me out of my mind a little yeah. bit and it's meditational to me i mean there's so much research out there the benefits of improv and like basically any field you're in job career wise you if you took improv classes it would benefit you in your job 
either with personal people skills oh, or yeah, getting you out I of your comfort it. zone yeah. creatively, everybody. And it's like, cause it's not a thing that's really being taught in schools as much either. You know what I'm saying? It's like, sit down there, sit down, do math and science. And, uh, you know, it's not enough creative outlets in the arts and stuff like that. So Tom Brady is in town. I know I do a lot of hand. That's things. okay. <laughs> do hand movement. Tom Brady. Is in Tom town. Brady's in town. You know who Tom Brady is, right? Yes. You are a Michigan quarterback. So anytime he's in town, like people love around here, love to talk about Tom Brady. But uh, the Patriots are practicing with the Lions. So it's like a joint practice. Our coach is from the Patriots. He was like a coach on the Patriots uh, two, like as close as two years ago. Uh, they tried to do this with the Giants last year, a joint practice, but I guess it didn't go very well because like both teams are on like different schedules. So it's hard to like make a schedule together and stuff like that. Cause like each team has like over 50 players on like more now because that's just a roster. So you probably have like 80 players at least or something on each team. And you got all these different things going on. So to organize something like that it takes a lot of detail. Um, uh, so this year though, they're doing it, uh, with, uh, the Patriots, who Bill Belichick's probably the best coach maybe ever in the NFL. Definitely currently, uh, no one can compare to him. Uh, but it sounds like it's going decently well uh, because their schedules are more aligned and stuff like that because he came from the Patriots, so it makes sense or whatever. So supposedly there should be some good practices. Well, and these are things that they're open too, right? Like yeah, you buy tickets and I don't know if you even need to buy tickets. I think you, it's in Allen Park actually. I I don't oh, even. Wow. Yeah, which is where yeah. I live, and I don't even know exactly where it's at. Oh, yeah. Because it's like on the other side of Southfield Freeway or something, I think, or 94. So I should probably go to it, you know, check out Tom Brady. Uh, do you know how old he is? Probably like, I don't know, 48. Oh. <laughs> I w- if that would be amazing. If he plays till he's 42, which is crazy in the NFL. Uh, if he plays till the, but he, he talks like he's going to keep playing for a long time. Uh, but they just—he was supposed to be a free agent after this year. They just extended him through 2021, so he'll be the sixth highest QB paid. Uh, he's just—if they're just so good, they've won so many titles. It's just ridiculous, especially in football, where like each year new teams are good and bad because just injuries and it's just so much parity. They've just been good every freaking year. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. We could have drafted Tom. Everybody could have drafted Tom Brady. That's ridiculous. Uh, one of the guys we signed this year, Trey Flowers, who is the DN. We've paid a lot of money from. He's from the Patriots. He has not played a snap yet or anything like that. So uh, hopefully he comes soon. Matt Patricia's not scared. He's not worried. He acts like he's not at least. So um, we'll see. He's. We need him back in order to be good. For the Pistons, uh, they suck. They're not like the worst team, but they're just not a good team. So it just sucks as an old, like a fan for the future. There's the, the, I don't see them oh, getting good man, in the they future. Yeah, that new stadium. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, that's true. No one's going. It's uh, uh. not. Which people thought if they moved the Pistons downtown, more people. Everybody said they would go and stuff. And that's nope. When you have a bad product, you got a bad product. No one wants to see a bad product. So. But tickets are cheaper. Not re- but you got to pay for parking and everything. Oh, if you want to yeah. buy anything expensive, like you can, if you want to take you, one person and their kid, you're spending probably like 150 bucks and stuff. Ooh, and, ooh, yeah. Ooh. And I was gonna say, uh, yeah, because I remember like when the Tigers w- weren't good when I was a young child, they were horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's when 
my family was actually able to afford to go to a couple games this summer. Yeah. It was to the point where they were giving out passes in, like, my elementary school, like, our little folder we'd have to take home to our parents. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, early 2000s and the night or no, not uh, in the 90s, they were really bad uh, for a long time. So, yeah, definitely cheap. I mean, you could probably get some cheap tickets out. If you want to go to a Tigers game, that would yeah, be pretty cheap. Right. Then you got to park. But then again, yeah, it's like. Buy a $15 pizza. Not, they're not a good team. They're the worst team in the major they're leagues. The worst? They're okay. the worst. I, I, I try to stay updated, at least with the Tigers. I keep saying every season I'm going to get back into them and. Learn the players' names and they're whatever. so bad. They're Ugh. so you you don't even want to learn these. And then we find out. Uh, so their GM is Al Avila, who in my eyes has not done anything to get the extension that he just got. They should have at least waited till after the trade deadline. This guy has done a bad job trading away players and getting any type of return at the trade deadline, pre-deadline. And then I'm hearing things like, uh, we used to have a player, we still have him, his name is Michael Fulmer. He was Rookie of the Year, great pitcher. That next year when we were selling players, uh, we were offered from Michael Fulmer, the rumor is now, either Javier Baez from the Cubs or Alex Bregman from Houston. These right now currently are like two of probably the 10 best players overall in the major leagues. We could have got these guys. Fulmer instead uh, went and got Tommy John surgery. So he was out 12 to 16 months. And like now he has no value. So we could have got the world for him. And now we got nothing. So we find that out. He traded J.D. Martinez, who goes on to kill it for Arizona. Got nothing in return from him that I've seen. Uh, We traded Alex Avila and Alex Wilson. Uh, we should have got us something. We got Candelario. I don't think he's much of anything. We have just not gotten anything in return. Where? And now, this year, we trade away Castellanos. We get two minor league pitchers, but not very high upside, which rightfully so. Like, he's not worth anything. But we've could have. he should have made a move over a year ago. Like, trade Castellanos when he still has more time on his contract. Like, we held on to him, but we got nothing out of him. And he didn't do anything for us. Uh... We also traded away Shane Green. We could have, probably could have shaded, traded Shane Green away a year and a half ago also after he had a really good year. Instead, we held on to him, and now he only has like a year and a half left of his contract, and we weren't able to get as much. Like, it, it's just a bad job. We need another 2006. Yeah. It's, it, well, we're far away. We're so like, far away. It'd be uh, so nice, though. It'd be kind of fun. We have, oh, it'd be great, but we have no hitting. No hitting coming up. He thinks he's just going to – we got more pitching, but he thinks he's still be able to trade his pitching away to get some of these hitters or something, but I don't see that ha- – it's it's not looking good. He did not do a good job. And now he – it sounds like he was – so we have Matt Boyd, who would have been – who's a pitcher for us who would have brought in the biggest package. Uh, but it sounds like teams are asking about him and that he was just like so far – like he wanted so much – that, like, teams just got out, like, well, whatever. Like, we're not going to deal with Like, this is ridiculous. And not, like, same thing might happen to him. That just happened to Fulmer. He might just make the same mistake. If Boyd goes and has arm injury, you know, issues and ends up getting Tommy Johns or something, we have no, we get nothing out of him at a point where we already suck. And, like, we don't need him. We need to go collect draft picks. We're not going to be good for the next two or three years. What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, all the passion that just 
so stupid. They did. It's we're so bad. We got to get Alex Avila on and say, "I yeah." What the hell? He, are you, I don't. No, I, he's I, listening. He would no. He's, he's not. He, his feelings are hurt. He's like, well, oh, he's like, man. he's up because people are upset about what we've gotten in return. We've got nothing. He's like, I don't get what people are upset about. It's because like you've missed your chance. You've done a bad job. You have gotten nothing in return for any of this. This is one of the. This might be. Ah, he's lucky we were getting first overall picks like Casey Mize. That's easy to draft. Makes your job easy. Congrats. You are doing one thing, right? You're able to get the worst record in the league. We should have that again this year. Because the worst thing for him to do is to try to like get fifth or sixth from the bottom. No, go and get the worst pick. You want that first pick. That guy could be a difference maker, more likely. So, uh, we did get Travis Demerit and Joey Wentz for Shane Green. Uh, Demerit got called right up. He hit a triple his opening day and a couple walks. So, that looks good. Uh, he did hit well in AAA. He had like a 950 OPS, which is pretty good. Um, everybody's hitting pretty good in AAA, so it's hard to tell because the juice ball. Um, but maybe maybe there's something there. But it doesn't look like a good return. Uh, and then, yeah, should have sold those guys earlier. Boyd, Boyd has three years left on his deal. Man, we could have got something really good for Boyd and Green. But uh, he didn't want to listen. Uh, college football this year, Michigan pre-rankings. Number seven, state is number twenty. Are you a fan of either one? Do you have a? No, I don't have a tight either. No, me either. I really to like don't a care. Eight school. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I do. I actually do. Like, I will. I'll root for any Michigan team over anything else. Like, oh, I'll, yeah. I'm a state yeah. of Michigan fan. Like, same here. You know, starts with my city. Then it starts. You know, them. You know, just smaller areas. But I'll root for the state in any college. Like, if Central's in something, if Western's in something. If Michigan was playing state, and I had if I had to pick some, I'd probably pick Michigan, but I don't. It, it doesn't affect me anyway. Do you consider video games a sport? No, it's become it's, it's it's becoming one. It's being paid like Physical one. Sports. I guess it could be entertainment. Do you know the guy who won? The Fortnite competition, how much money he won? Uh, probably more than I'll ever make in a lifetime. Three million. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to get into Fortnite, I guess. So, That's uh, what it takes. well, uh, I watch like John Oliver. Do you watch John Oliver at all? A little bit, yeah. So I watch his stuff or whatever. It's obviously it's left leaning bias stuff. And I try to remind myself of that. You know, any journalism, you just got to be aware of what you're watching. You know, there's always some type of bias, usually. Uh, as much as you could, you know, you try. But, um, they did a whole thing on like gaming and stuff like that, and like, uh, you can make so much money playing video games. Now making them, you don't make as much. They screw you over. Uh, like I guess they overwork you, and as soon as the game comes out, they like fire your ass and don't you, give you uh, any severance. Did you dive into this with Jason at all? Or? No, oh, I I just wa- I just yeah. watched this document. I wanted to actually talk about um, Mario Maker Two because Dupree was on. And I forgot about it never it just never came up and it was over before you know it. You know, Mar- you know what Mario Maker Two is. Mm, no, <laughs> it's all right. Like, so it's a it's a newer game, and it's Mario. You ever play any of the Mario games? Uh, yeah. yes, of course I have. Yeah, like so, <laughs> Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, or uh, Super Mario One, Super Mario Two, Three, this you know, all of them, a bunch of them. So what you do is there's some people you can like make any level, like all these you can pick one of whatever one you make levels, and people make like ridiculous levels. So basically, it's it's actually 
great idea basically for a gaming like hey we don't want to make our levels why don't you guys make the Me levels too. and play it like so do our work for us yeah so there's people who make like ridiculous levels and like they're so hard to like beat and stuff like that uh but like uh i was watching this one guy i forget his name and basically he's on twitch which is like a streaming thing and he plays these levels and he beats them and people watch them and just like donate money to him and they were like you just see five dollars dollar five dollars dollar Twenty dollars, hundred dollars, five dollars, five dollars, dollar. Like, and then if like, because sometimes you like people will tell them what level they want. Like, hey, because they want to watch that him, like, how, like how to beat it and stuff like that. So he'll figure it out. But people pay like good money for like to watch you beat it. And so this guy makes a killing. I used to be so good at Mario. I had no idea there would be like jobs for playing Man, Mario. Monetary value, dude. I was playing Mario at like three years old and beating the first super like i was so good could have been you no, i know too late no too late. i know because like you gotta have personality and stuff too yeah. so i kind of you know like improv and comedy and stuff like i think i could do that part i just i don't know maybe if i did uh i could maybe play like mlb the show or something that's what i've thought there about play uh the game that i do play and i'm pretty good at i could play that and just you know do stuff but yeah but there's so much money to be made playing it but uh they're saying they need to unionize all these uh people that program games and stuff like that. And I feel bad because I've, I've told people, yeah, go into programming games like, because they're, they're interested in video games. But really, like, don't tell them to go do that because they're not, like, what's happening is they, like, have dead, ridiculous deadlines and they'll make, like, people are away from their families for, like, be, like three months at a time and stuff because they're going to got to stay at the, you know, have you ever saw that mama's, grandma's boy? No. Oh, my gosh. I bet you Jason's seen it. You guys got, you have to. A documentary? I, no, it's, oh. uh, it's a movie. Uh, got Nick Swartzen's in it. You know who Nick Swartzen is. I I don't. Uh, I I have not seen this movie, but tell me more. It's uh, these guys who like work for a gaming. And, you never. Oh my gosh. All right. I'll I'll yeah. ask Jason. He has like the guy that like there's like this weird guy in it. Is like talks like a robot sometimes and stuff. Oh man, you're gonna have to watch it. You'll love it. It's. I'm so happy that you had the opportunity to watch this movie for the first time because I'll report back. I guarantee you, Jason. I'm like what. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, so gaming industry. Don't be so they're trying to unionize and stuff like that because they're getting taken advantage of. No, I big time stand behind them. And there's like big inequality in women for sure. Oh, like yeah, it yeah. was crazy. They were talking about that. So, <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then I wrote down, I watch this guy just make so much money playing, like, playing, I couldn't imagine, I could be making money just playing a video game, people just watch, like, he was making bank. Give him a shot. What's I, the worst second half? I know, let's, 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 let's get a freaking, a let's get a gaming studio in here or something, we'll do it in here, stream it, play it, let's, we need the internet in here, because I want to do video stuff, we gotta get on we YouTube, got we gotta get, do you know everybody's using YouTube, man, like, that's like, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> Like, even, like, the listen to a podcast or to stream music, people are using YouTube to stream music, not, like, Spotify and stuff like that. It's all there. Yeah, yeah. We got to get on YouTube more. All right. Uh, Good old YouTube. What's up? Good old YouTube. Good old, no, YouTube. No, for, for but we do. Uh, I want to do more, like, we, I mean, aesthetically, we got to make this look a little bit better, like, have a little bit better table and stuff. I mean, it's all right, but if we want to be on video, people just yeah, want. I donated these chairs. No, the chairs are fine. Okay. The table. I'm saying the table, and we need, like, a little bit of a screen. This, this, I mean, it's a nice backdrop, but it's still a little dirty and stuff like that, you know, a little dusty or whatever. Just visually, people want things to look nice, you know? We're so we want to be a professional. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, we're on our way. It's every, like, 
Mikey Brown, I love Mikey Brown. He does so much work. It's so awesome. He's doing a great job. He's doing everything he can. Um, and we're getting there. I'm excited for the future. This is going to be like a stu- recording studio and stuff like that. It's going to be legit. Just all this stuff takes time, you know, where we meet up. We're going to maybe start meeting up twice a month now and stuff like that because once, once a month just isn't enough for us. And uh, I'm excited for things around here. Um, I'm looking forward for you. We're going to be working on the farm team together for the next year. I'm bringing my JJ character back. Oh, I heard, yeah. Uh, would you want to... So I'm going to throw this out there. Because so my idea, I'm doing the... It's going to be called right now the JJ Experiment. Kind of threw out there in mic. So it would be kind of like... You ever seen Wayne's World? Yes. So yeah. it would be kind of Wayne's World-ish and stuff like that. Like musically focused, but probably more rap music and stuff like hip-hop and stuff like that with my character. And uh, I'll have like guests on and stuff like that. But I want to have a DJ who... And then maybe this is something, and I already have the name for her, because I think it's got to be a woman. Uh, that's my plan. Uh, DJ Metapause. Okay. <laughs> and she just plays, like, raunchy stuff, though. Like, raunchy women. Like, because uh, it's actually kind of Kim's character we kind of created, but Kim's given me the okay to use, uh, it doesn't have to be, but this is just, like, an, you know, uh, but Kim knows, like, some, like, techno, weird, like, raunchy girl, like, rap stuff or whatever. So that's how I kind of see the character, but you know, if you were to be the person to be that, make it your own. I you feel honored. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it was kind of like when I thought about it, like like farm team wise, like who would it be? There's only like a couple people that I thought would kind of like fit the image and stuff like that or whatever. So, um, but I'm gonna work with probably Mike or get his opinion on it and stuff like that. But I I think you would be. If you're interested, is that something you're interested yeah, in? I am, yeah, I have. All right. I think I want like one or two people like be security guy, guys or something like that. Um, but I'll, they'll still be like included in the show. It's like they're my boys. I pay them just to be my security, you know, because like when you're rich, like JJ's supposedly hit the, you know, oh, yeah, mega millions yeah. and stuff like that. So you got to have like an entourage. You got to like pay people to like to protect you and stuff, like in his mind at least, you know. So. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, are you working on anything? Do you have anything for the farm team that you want to like? Have you be like, oh, this is perfect now that I can on this? I had a couple ideas. Tried to just, I guess, incubate them in my mind. Okay. Get it out on paper. Not just in your mind. You'll probably see me writing a Facebook status like, I have this idea. Like, you know. Because uh, uh, <laughs> that gave me the... Uh, current, like, Because um, I had something in the back of my mind that I've been wanting almost for like a year or two now even. And I'm like... Once I found out I, I was inv- I was on, I was like, it just gave me the motivation. Like, I got to start getting this out, like, on paper and stuff like that. And I kind of got, like, a lot of the scenes together. I got a little bit of the first scene script written. But uh, so I'm excited to try to get that out, too. I don't want to get too much on that or anything like that. Get yeah. ahead of myself. So it's all good. Well, Ellen, well, thank you for coming on. Thank you. I, uh, I'll be seeing you around quite a bit this year. Probably sometime later tonight, or what day is it? What today's Monday? Oh, I gotta work. <laughs> well, then again, I might go to the gym. I'll go to the gym. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I'll make it out tonight. We'll see. Um, but we'll be performing on Fridays and Saturdays and Thursdays. I'm sure, definitely Thursdays. Uh, I need to. Is there any opening Saturdays right now? Um, yeah, yeah. I want to. We'll Not talk this off Saturday, air. Okay, next Saturday or taking something. Yeah. The week off for Div. Yeah. Uh, I gotta yeah. sign the travel band up. I want to sign the travel band. Nice. I want to sign okay. uh me and Nick up too. Cool. He wants yeah. to me and Nick Bulihan us. We have uh we've been we've done some stuff. So I know he's been wanting to. So just remind me if you see me or anything or ask me. Like I definitely want to do some stuff in, oh, in August is better. 
anything right now I can do until I still have like twenty something days left till I go to working at the school. So summer break's almost over. So yeah, let me know. All right, man. Thank you so much. It was a joy. Have a good one. All for high five. Okay. Oh, we can do a high five. Boom. All right. See you, Ellen. And wow, thank you, Ellen, uh, for coming on. But if uh, that was that was great. If you're still listening, uh, this is going to be the fantasy baseball portion, guys. Uh, Back to the Future Fantasy Baseball is the league that I focus on. Uh, we'll talk a bunch of players and the teams. A lot happened this week. I don't have a guest on. I really probably don't even need a guest. There's so much to get to what has happened in the last uh, like week. Uh, the MLB trade deadline was on this past Wednesday, and our league's uh, deadline for trades and auctions was this past Sunday. I am recording this episode on Monday, so uh, which is great, so I can see everything that happened uh, on the week. Uh, we'll have four weeks left. The last three weeks are all within your own division. There's four teams in a division, so you'll be playing all your division opponents. So some of these divisions, I know one of the divisions, uh, is in a very tight race. I would say the central uh, between the top team and the third team. They're, they're nine games different, so... Uh, which isn't that much when you're all playing each other. And if one big week could really uh, change the whole dynamic of the division. Um, so uh, we've had not a ton of trades and auctions going on until this past like week, uh, where finally teams that felt like it was beneficial for them to start moving on to the next year started selling. Even though uh, one of the teams, uh, the Dodgers, uh, you know, it's a tough call because he spent a lot of money this year. I still like this team. He's made some moves. He traded Shane Bieber. That was a big trade, actually. He got Freddie Freeman, who's been pretty good, but Shane Bieber's probably been, it might be like a top 10 pitcher going forward. So uh, to give that up, and then also there was like a third baseman involved, I believe, that Bob needed. Uh, Chapman, I believe it was. Uh, so not a, you know, at first I thought it was a crazy deal, you know, Freeman, and Freeman's still a really good player. But for what Bob needed, you know, that, that, he got that really good pitcher out of that deal. And then Beaver's been better than, you know, I think anybody's expected. Everybody, I liked him. I got him in one of my other leagues. But um, so early on in the year, uh, not too long, but a few weeks ago, uh, the Senator sold Altuve and he went for $40 to the Brown Bombers, which Altuve was not doing too hot at that time. And he's getting a little bit older. Uh, but I definitely thought the $40 was a pretty good deal. Uh, and it's been a pretty good pickup for uh, Gabe. Gabe often looks for uh, the cheap deals and stuff like that. He's not going to, like, overspend, uh, which this league will make you do sometimes. He was able to sneak in and get a player, uh, a hitting positional player, uh, for a decent price and could still be a keeper. I don't know. I don't know what his plan is with him. If you know, It is decently expensive and some risk uh, if, he lose, if he were to lose, like, power. Cause he's, and I don't think he's stealing as much either. So, um, yeah, but it was a decent move, I think, on Gabe's half. Uh, then we have uh, David Price will sold. David Price goes to Bill for $122. Uh, Sean Doolittle goes. He goes to $100 to Chet. Uh, last night ended, or, and then before that, though, Edwin Diaz uh, went to Darren for $80. Uh, I was up north for that. Uh, I'm glad I didn't go for any cheaper. 80 is probably what I would have thought, like, you know, the most I would have gone for. So I'm happy to see that he went for at least that. Because uh, there is some risk with him, uh, with Mickey Calloway saying that, you know, he's thinking about using a different person in that closer position. Uh, Edwin Diaz has had some bumps in the road. You know, it's not like he was last year where he was like the number one closer by far and just super dominant. Uh, he's getting teed up a little bit. So 
Uh, $80, though, is, you know, you're in a playoff race and you needed them. So not too bad. Uh, Josh Hader went for $99 to Chet. So a team, Chet is uh, currently in, right outside the playoffs in seventh, but he's made some of the bigger moves to try to go for it this year. Um, there's Oh, Garrett Cole went for uh, 225 to Chris, the Stars. So it's another big move. So some of these starting pitchers and relief pitchers really bringing in a haul back uh, for these teams to now go in for next year. I was expecting maybe the maybe a sell a little bit from the Lions, a team who's out. He did make a trade with um, the Stars. Those two guys kind of know each other uh, decently well and stuff and have made trades in the, in the past. Um, but this trade just didn't seem – it got vetoed down by the league. The hardworking commissioner passed it, didn't think any collusion or anything was like that. But when it came down to the league, it just didn't seem like a fair trade. The trade was uh, – the Stars were giving up Corey Seager, Redfro, and Avasil Garcia. And uh, we play one hitter for each position and then three outfielders. So it's not really a, a deep-hitting league or anything like that. Uh, shortstops, one of the deepest – uh, positions and then also Renfro and obviously Garcia outfielders of the deep position and uh, he was getting Stroman and Liriano back and Liriano was probably the best uh, outfielder out of the three and then so he's getting the you know and then he would also be getting Stroman who uh, at the time was pitching for the Blue Jays and was speculated that he might get traded. Well, he was already pitching well for the Blue Jays. I know if he was speculated to get traded, most people thought, at least I did, that he was going to get traded to a contender, a team that would probably better be better for him. Instead, he went to the Mets, which might be one of the worst places he could go to. Uh, the Mets have one of the worst infielding defenses in the league. Uh, Strowman's a ground ball pitcher, so he's going to induce a lot of ground balls, so you want a good defense behind him. Um, so... I, probably just one of the worst teams that he could have gone to. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they, it's okay for guys like high strikeout guys like uh, DeGrom and, and Syndergaard and even Matt's a little bit. You need some swing and miss stuff or whatever uh, to be good. Uh, so I just don't see it. And uh, I, I thought uh, he should have got, Elias should have got rid of Strowman. He probably could have sold him and probably at least went for $50, $60, $70 probably because teams need these starting pitchers. Like even him being. Uh, maybe a team's fifth or sixth best. They, they kind of want to deepen that starting pitching. So everybody kind of thought that uh, just wasn't giving uh, – Nick was giving up too much and not getting anything in return. And even though I understand him trying to, like, get better for next year, but we just didn't see a keeper uh, outcome in Seager, Renfro, Avisel Garcia. It just didn't make much sense. Uh, and the league agreed. I, unf- I had to be the first one to veto it. I was not happy to veto it. It's just – but I felt like Gabe even threw out their collusion. The guys being thrown out of the league, I wouldn't go that far personally. Uh, that's why we have the democracy. Uh, Kamish didn't really see like didn't feel like it was ill intent. Didn't like it himself. He went and vetoed. You know his personal vote vetoed it. But as Kamish, you know, uh, you know these guys try to get a deal. They you know somewhat saw what they were doing. And that's why we have the league to vote on it. Even though uh, Chet doesn't like Chris, and he claims. Uh, that he, you know, he he doesn't want to veto trades because he feels like everything should go through, and that uh, he said he was, agrees with the hardworking commission, even though the commission went and vetoed the trade himself. So it doesn't make much sense. And he says the same thing on the other trade that we'll get into that gets vetoed. Uh, I just saw, so it's around one o'clock, and I'm on Monday night at the studio, and I made a trade at last kind of last minute uh, after the hater deal. I actually kind of wanted hater. 
didn't mind that Chet got him necessarily because I didn't think it put him over the top. Like, you know, like I would have been a little more scared if maybe Bob got him or something. Uh, it would have put me in a hard position against a really good team and saves. Uh, but I was going to put a $100 bid on him. I was at Tropical Smoothie, and I looked at my phone. It was 8 o'clock. I figured somebody else maybe put a bid on him uh, so that I wasn't too worried about the time because it gets extended, and it wasn't, and Chet got him. So Chet says it's going to be his number six keeper. It, was a good, it wasn't a bad deal for what the other closers went for because uh, he will be like 30 bucks next year as a keeper. And as long as – I mean, he will be the best or top three closer if he keeps his closer job. The only worry is if uh, – he goes back into being a multi-inning or high-leverage guy by the Brewers. They feel like maybe they get more out of him when the game's close. Guys on base in the sixth inning, they need outs rather than just waiting for the ninth inning. But this year, they've gone a little bit more old school and kind of saving Hater for that uh, final inning more often. So uh, could be a good pick, but kind of still a little bit risky just in case because of the history they've used with him. Uh, the other trade, so after that, uh, a trade go gets... Uh, accepted by the Angels from the Bomber. So Gabe and Victor. Uh, it was Michael Conforto who had been like 45 or forty, maybe 40 bucks to keep, who's having a decent year. And Jesus Luzardo, a guy I really liked at the beginning of the year, I would have paid, you know, I was up there probably in the trying to bid, you know, up to 20 bucks to try to get him uh, before this year. But he's had a lot of injuries this year, and he really, I mean, he has a high, high ceiling, could be really good. Uh, but not expected to really contribute this year, especially in the fantasy uh, aspect. So no value there, uh, really. And, you know, he still has some question marks going into next year. At most, he might go for, like, I would think, again, like 40 bucks. So just not a very good value there. Conforto right now, like, Altuve went for 40 bucks. I'd rather have Altuve over Conforto personally. Um, so I just, you know, uh, I put out, the, again, I had to be the first, you know, and this four on the other side was Kimbrell and Hendricks. So we saw Kimbrell. Uh, three closers go for $80, $199. So you probably put Kimbrell somewhere in that range. Uh, and then Hendricks, uh, with price going 122 you might put him around in that area. I mean, Cole, Garrett Cole went for one, 225 Nola's already at 100 So I would say Nola's better than Hendricks, but Hendricks is better than probably maybe Price or close. Um, yeah. So a lot going on. Uh, the league, again, agreed. Got six vetoes that just... Gabe really wasn't giving up much to get two guys that everybody else was paying a lot for. Um, so it got vetoed. Uh, Victor, I, I was surprised. He's, I mean, he's somewhat in the playoff hunt still. He's in eighth place right now. Um, and I'll get to how many games behind everybody is and stuff like outside the playoffs. But uh, I thought he has a decent team. Uh, he had some good pitching. But if you thought he was out of it, if he was going to make a trade like that, maybe now would be – or too late now, but he could have sold in the auction. He could have got a lot of money for probably Bauer or Berrios or Hendricks or Kimbrell. Like he could have, you know, so, but he kind of more stand pat after that trade got vetoed. Uh, it could help him. Maybe, maybe he makes a playoff run and actually gets in and could be competitive. Uh, he's got the pitching. He's got, you know, he's got, he had some guys to sell. So, uh, but uh the, the standings go, oh, and then uh, after Hater went, uh, Chris Mays, the Detroit Stars, a while ago I tried to get Wander Franco from him, and he just didn't seem like he was interested or looking, and we just never got to anything. So kind of thought he was off the table. Uh, more recently, he kind of reached out to me and tried to get, I believe, you Darvish originally from me. And then it was kind of like Zach Wheeler, and I didn't want to give that much up because I'm trying to win this year. 
Uh, he kind of gave me another option. And I think he had Zach Wheeler was the offer on the table. Uh, I wanted to see after what Cole went for. I, I was interested in him somewhat, you know, to a certain point, and also Hater. Uh, and uh, missed on both of those. Uh, so it's hard for me to give too much up because I want to win this year. And then also I could be playing that guy. Or um, So I, I sent him John Gray. Within a couple of minutes, he accepted it. So John Gray for Wander Franco. You don't see that too often, uh, like a first-place team trading for younger prospects. Uh, I like Wander Franco. I think he's pretty good. It could be a move. Uh, he's not expected to be up till at least probably halfway next year. So there's still some risk. Uh, he's still playing in high A, so he's doing really good in high A. It's obviously, he's a top prospect, so high expectations. Uh, but he hasn't done. He hasn't played in double A AA or triple A yet, and uh, you know, some risk, uh, but high risk and high reward, or not high, but maybe not high risk, but definitely high reward. Uh, he could be a guy like Vlad who could be bringing in almost anything. Like people, you know, he has that type of upside if he keeps going on the projection that he's going on. Uh, so I'll be curious to see. I when I just looked, uh, right before I got on, I saw that the our hardworking commish passed the trade, so he doesn't think there's any collusion or anything like that. Now it just goes to the point of um, vetoes. It needs six vetoes to get vetoed. Uh, I could. I, I think people would think that uh, it's definitely not collusion. Um, before I left, I was Chet was saying he was going to veto it because of he doesn't like Chris, even though he said he was stopped. I don't. Know, you know, he goes back and forth. So we'll see what happens. Uh, my opinion is that I, I like the trade for me I, for the future. Um, I have a lot of pitching depth, so it, you know, like it could hurt me, but I still, I still should be all right, maybe. So I'm taking a little bit of risk of taking away from what I have now, but again for the high reward. While Chris's team, uh, who's been kind of losing on a losing streak lately, is trying to keep that division win and trying to even go for still uh, a playoff bye. Possibly he's not that far away from gate or from uh, the Giants. He's only four games away from second. Um, so he's trying to, you know, he bought Cole and he might've been able to get a little bit more for Wander Franco. I don't know. I don't think the trade's personally viewable. If you were to auction both guys off, what would they each go for? Maybe I'm wrong, but I, you know, I would think they would go for somewhat similar amounts. Um, but so that was the last minute trade. I wasn't sure if he was going to accept that counter. I didn't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to, if this trade goes through, I, I'm going to have extra keepers for sure. I mean, I already have Carlos Correa shortstop. I just got Keston and Eloy. I might have to move JD possibly. So there'll definitely be probably some type of, I have to make some type of, I'll have to sell somebody. I can't keep them all. So that's if it goes, if it doesn't, if it gets vetoed, I will remember who did it, who vetoed and why, if it was personal reasons or if they felt like the trade was unfair. I tried, you could believe what you want. I tried to go based on if I thought the trade was fair. If the trade was fair, I would have let it through. I just didn't think those trades made sense uh, when you added them up money-wise and stuff like that. Um, but from what I've learned from talking to everybody on the league, everybody could do basically whatever they want with that veto. Um, but I would prefer, if you think the trade is veto, if you just think it's unfair, doesn't make sense, doesn't help either team out. So, uh, yeah. So let's get into the standings. Uh, Expos, Montreal Expos, me. Uh, and first, uh, three and a half games back of that is the, uh, the, the Giants, Bob's team. 
Seven and a half back is the Stars. Uh, and then uh, fourth, the Brown Bombers are 11 back at first. Atlanta's 14 back. The Colt 45 14 and a half back. The Terriers in seventh, 16 and a half back. The Angels, 21 and a half back. And the Dodgers, 21 and a half back. Uh, the Senators, 10th place, 22 back. And then the Lions, 28 back. And pl- the Pilots in 12th, last uh, 32 games back. So if you look at the difference between uh, the 4th place team and the 10th place team, it was an 11-game difference. That might sound like a lot, but it's really not that much between all those teams. 11-game difference. If you look at uh, teams in 5th and 6th, there's really only like a 7-game difference from the team's 8th and ninth, eighth game or less than 8-game difference to the 10th place team. So uh, a lot could happen in these last four weeks. Which you know again, surprise. You know that's what makes it hard. Is like, like, team like uh, the Dodgers really invested a lot of money into this year, put a lot of team. You know, and now he's selling. And but he's you know he's still close enough that he could have made it. And it's just it's been a crazy year for him. He really thought I had a good plan. He had a good plan investing a lot in pitching and stuff like that. Uh, he should have a good budget for next year now because he sold uh, um, a couple guys uh, and Garrett Cole and I believe a closer. But he's a lot of money coming back. Uh, going into the matchups for this past week, the first matchup, uh, it was Montreal Expos, first place versus the Houston Colt 45s, who's now in sixth place. Uh, I beat Adam 7-3 to three this week. Unfortunately for Adam, he would have beat basically any other team, probably by a good amount um, if you were playing anybody. Uh, just Bad week to play me. Offensively, uh, I scored 30 runs, 16 home runs, 38 RBIs, three stolen bases, a 361 on base. Adam came back at me with 35 runs, 12 home runs, 31 RBIs, six stolen bases, 353 on base. So pretty good stats across the board. If you put those stats up every week, you would expect at least win three probably out of five hitting categories. You know, You wouldn't probably think you'd lose hitting. Uh, and then we go into uh, the pitching stats. I had three saves, 99 Ks, 3.45 ERA, a 1.13 whip, eight quality starts. Adam had seven saves, a one point, or 116 Ks, a four ERA, a 1.29 whip, and seven quality starts. Uh, I would say, being in that matchup, uh, the pitching was a lot closer. Like the, the ERA, I think he took ERA at one point, like a day or two ago, even, and then I kind of took it back. Uh, the, the, yet those are far away. He was really trying to lock down K's quality starts, and then if he felt like he could have, if he took the lead, he could have sat guys. So, um, some of those, it was closer than that looked. So, like again, he would have had an easier job playing another team and pitching. He wouldn't needed all those K's and seven quality starts. He could have uh, picked, been more selective in picking. Uh, the stars of the week for each team. Uh, I went ahead and moved a $32 move to pick up Will Smith before the week with that. I mean, it kind of paid off. Uh, he got me two home runs and seven RBIs, uh, four runs scored. Not bad for a catcher at the you know pickup at the week, beginning of the week at this time of year. Uh, Cody Bellinger had another couple home runs, six runs, six RBIs. Um, and then Nelson Cruz, who didn't even play the first three days because except for pinch hit situations because he was playing in the National League, uh, goes off, uh, four home runs, 10 RBIs. He is now, according to Yahoo, the 43rd player. He's been, like, hovering around probably 100 for, like, all year. But lately, he's turned it on since the All-Star break. 
Uh, you just wait for it to fall off, to, you know, if you're an ageist. But uh, still hot, uh, real hot lately, hitting a lot of bombs. Uh, Pitching-wise, you Darvish. you Darvish has been pretty good for me. Uh, Wheeler had a good game. Uh, Paxton had a good game. Ryu had a you know a good game, even though he only had one K. He had a quality start. He went on the IL, but that could just be a Dodger thing. Dodgers like the the realizing they're so far ahead that they want to reserve some of their pitchers, so they play little games like they put guys on the IL and stuff like that. So I'd rather have them do it now than hopefully you know he's all right in the playoffs. I'm assuming uh, there, it's nothing nothing big. Uh, John Gray had a quality start for me before. We'll see if that's his last one. Uh, Darvish, 17 Ks in two games that he pitched this week. Jacob DeGrom's been real good. Uh, nobody's really talking about him, seems like, because he kind of had a slow start, but top five pitcher. Uh, Rossi Anglaces had a couple saves for me. And then Archie Bradley, who I picked up, who I, is now, I believe, the closer. He's looking pretty good lately. He had a two-inning save yesterday. Uh, out of the uh, Cole 45, Vlad Jr., turning it around. Uh, now three home runs, 11 RBIs this week. Uh, Bo Bichette had a couple home runs. It's his call up. Uh, that could be a big, uh, you know, that was, if you remember, involved in the Adam and Chet trade that they got passed through. Uh, Chris Bryant and uh, Bo Bichette for uh, a handful of pitchers, including Walker Bueller, who's been lights out. Uh, Kyle Gibson, who's been really good under the radar pitcher, you know, especially in a deep league like this. And then Frankie Matas, who was a stud, and then he went on the IL or got 80 games suspension. Something happened to him where he is not pitching. Uh, then, because uh, it should have been a three-for-one, but Chet was not going to do the deal until uh, Bo Bichette had to be included for Forrest Whitley. And now Bo Bichette's up, hit major league home runs. Uh, and Whitley has not done, you know, gained any value uh, since then. While Bo Bichette could be looking like a keeper, possibly. And what is been recently the number one offense, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Crazy. Uh, other guys, uh, Verlander and Bueller. Verlander had 23 Ks, two quality starts, 0.54 whip against me, 0.6, like, just unbelievable. And the one start Bueller had, he had 15 Ks, a one ERA, so he pitched the whole freaking game, one run, 0.56 whip. Uh, those are the real stand. Lance Lynn, who's been pretty good all year for uh, him, another good quality start. And Kyle Gibson, I was just talking about him, another quality start, 6K. Like, nothing outrageous, but, you know, just consistently Gibson's been pretty good under the radar. And you need a couple of guys like that. You can't just have all aces, you know. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, but, yeah, so just an unfortunate, like, good week by, like I said, Adam. Just, you know, you'd like to see it out of your team. Just you don't want to play the team that's just the one team that's going to beat you. So, he actually, that was the biggest difference of any week. Everybody else a little bit closer. The 7-3 is going to be the biggest loss of anybody. So, um, a little bit of catching up by everybody against him. Uh, the next matchup, you have team from Atlanta, Bill, 5 to Detroit Stars, 5. So, this is a 5-5 matchup. They tied uh, pretty close, you know, second or third place versus fifth place. So, not too much difference in uh, standings. Both are in the playoff hunt. Both are in the playoffs currently. Uh, standouts for that, uh, I would say Lindor. Uh, that was just a great buy. Obviously, everybody thinks you know he's supposed to be a top ten player. Uh, six runs, two home runs, five RBIs, a stolen base, four twenty three on base. So contributing across the board. Kel Marte, who slowed down a little bit, comes back and has a good week. Seven runs, two home runs, four RBIs, a stolen base, four sixty two on base. So again, you just you, know, you love having those types of guys. Just 
across the board, helping you out everywhere. Uh, the stats, I'm sorry, I kind of skipped the stats. Bill stats, 31 runs, 7 home runs, 33 RBIs, 3 stolen bases, 347 on base. Home runs are low. Runs and RBIs are good, but still probably like just barely slightly above average. Um, like they're, he did all right uh, against the Stars. Thirty-six runs, pretty good. Eleven home runs, not bad. Uh, Twenty-three RBI is low. Three, two stolen bases is low, and on base of three thirteen. Uh, so again, these are there's some holes in both these teams, and you'll see that even more in the pitching. They're, again, these are both playoff teams. Uh, team from Atlanta, two saves, eighty-two Ks, a six-point-seven ERA, a one-point-six-two WHIP, with only three quality starts and three quality starts wins. Uh, Chris Stars does have good closers, four saves, 44 Ks though only, 5.97 area. I'm not sure maybe he's locking in as 5.97 area and a 1.53 whip with only two quality starts. So, uh, yeah, I would have dominated. Like a lot of teams would have, you know, won four pitching categories from Chris and he was able to win three just in the right matchup. A good, bad matchup for, uh, for, uh, the Cole 45s. Uh, the standouts for Chris's team, uh, you got Arenado uh, with six uh, runs, two home runs, six RBIs, 385 on base. Uh, and then, oh, yeah, Araldis Chapman had three saves this week, uh, closer for the Yankees. But really nothing else, like, stood out um, as extraordinary by any means, you know. That was it. Uh, just not a good week. You know, you – he just got Garrett Cole. He's going to need that for sure. Uh, and Yeah, both those teams need to win. The next matchup, the Angels versus the Senators. The Angels at one point was up real big. Uh, the Senators came back and actually made it uh, close, tying up some of the uh, categories. Uh, California Angels runs 28, 9 home runs, 31 RBIs, stolen bases, 3, and a 321 on base. None of those, you know, you're happy with, like, RBI is okay, but like if that's your best category, you're not feeling confident. Um, the Senators wins with 31 runs, nine home runs. He ties them with 31 RBI, so they tie in that. Four stolen bases with a 3.48 on base. Again, either of those teams playing anybody else would probably lose a majority of those categories. Uh, and they're currently eighth and tenth uh, saves. Victor got seven saves, so he got seven saves. That's quite a bit of saves. He should have probably sold the closer. Um, got some money for next year if he plans, thinks he's going to be in the toilet bowl this year. 67 Ks he wins with. That's not very high. 2.31 ERA is very good. A .98 whip's really good. Three quality starts, not very good. Uh, to the Senators, one save, 61 Ks, a 5.38 ERA, a 1.49 whip, and three quality starts. Uh, pretty putrid across the board. Very low stats. Um, so he was lucky to come out actually with a 4-3. Most teams are probably beating him 7-3, I would say. Uh, Angels are still in it. They're close. We'll see what happens if they, you know, we'll see. Four weeks left. Got a month left before the playoffs. The next matchup, the Chicago Brown Bombers, fourth. They were, yeah, uh, they were had the third best record, but they're in fourth place, playing the Saitame Lions, the eleventh place team. Who <laughs> one of the so uh, one of the teams that he said kick them out of the league. Uh, so Saitame Lions wins. You know, as a, you know, as a Playoff team, you're hoping this is a matchup that, you know, you at least win. You're hoping to win big. Uh, so the Brown Bombers, 37 runs, 12 home runs, 28 RBIs, one stolen base with a 326 on base. Runs, good amount of runs, 37. I know he has a good run team. 
12 RBIs or 12 home runs, pretty good. 28 RBIs low, one stolen base low, 326 bad on base. To uh, next 30 runs, not bad. Uh, 11 home runs, not bad, but loses to 12. 41 RBIs, pretty good. Four stolen bases, I'll take that. 404 on base, really good. The pitching stats, uh, you know, we get why the Brown Bombers were trying to get Hendricks and, uh, you know, you got four saves this week. Uh, but Kimbrell, you know, everybody's looking for saves and starting pitching. Only 68 Ks, 5.92 ERA, a 1.4 whip, and only four quality starts. Um, to uh, to next zero save, 71 Ks he wins with, a 3.64 ERA, a 1.21 whip. Like, those are good. Uh, but only four quality starts, they tie in that. So, um, yeah, you know, you're not feeling completely confident if you're the Brown Bombers going against Lions. You know, if you're losing to the Lions, you know, you're going to try to want to get better. Uh, you know, he's not for sure in the playoffs. You know, he was first place, you know, not that long ago. I remember talking about it, but uh, you know, it's not it's not guaranteed that he makes playoffs. He's one or two bad weeks would really change things. So I'm sure he's feeling a little bit of pressure. Uh, standouts for the week. You're looking at uh, – I missed – I skipped those guys. Oh, uh, standouts for the Angels. I'm sorry, Rendon and then Barrios and Hendricks, who I thought he kind of should kind of leave. Uh, the center, Story, had another good week. He's 22 on the year. Uh, he's been a, a real good player. Uh, the Brown Bombers standouts, Conforto, who's, you know, we kind of, I don't say we, we, we admit that he's a good player. He's just not great. And even though he's a standout this week, it's still six runs, two home runs, four RBIs, four point one or .414 on base. So good, you know, um, but not like elite level or anything like that. Uh, Austin Meadows, been kind of quiet lately, but he, he gets the four runs, three home runs, five RBIs. Altuve, seven runs, two home runs, four RBIs, and a 464 on base. So, again, I was kind of talking about how he, you know, he's been stepping it up since he got him. Uh, and then Sony Gray has just been pretty good all year. 10Ks, 2.92 ERA, a 1.22 whip, and a quality start this week. Uh, the standouts for the Lions, Eric Hosmer. Quietly, like top 150, but he has six runs, three home runs, 11 RBIs for him this week. Uh, Max Kepler, uh, seven runs, two home runs, four RBIs, 481. Uh, that's Syndergaard and Giolito. Baez. Let's see. Oh, yeah, Baez. Uh, sorry, five runs, home run, five RBIs, two stolen bases, 360 on base. You know, just a guy, you know, just another stud that the Tigers could have got for Fulmer, but you know, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, and then the, we got the next matchup, the Dodgers uh, versus the Pilots. So, uh, again, the Dodgers are trying to – they're in the playoff hunt. They're going against the last-place team in the league. You're hoping for a win. You're hoping for a big win, and you lose 4-5. to five. It's got to be defeating. Uh, maybe that's kind of why he started selling guy like Hader off and Nola, just like, screw this, not my year. Can't be the 12th-place guy. How am I going to go on a playoff run? Well, you never know. Uh, but the stats – 38 runs, 9 home runs, 25 RBI, 6 stolen bases with 320 on base. So two good categories, runs and stolen bases, which are the ones he won. Versus the Pilots, 22 runs, 11 home runs, 30 RBIs, no stolen bases with a 338 on base. Uh, Brooklyn's pitching, two saves. He wins that against one. Ks, he loses 65 to 66. So I'm not sure what happened, but those are both low. How did he not get over 65 Ks? Uh... Loses with 3.86 ERA to a 3.54 for the Pilots. The Dodgers win with the Astros and whip 1.18. That's that's huge because like that law like that probably would really kill a 6-3 would just take you out if that Astros goes the other way. And they both tie with four quality starts. So 
not a very good week by either one. Very, you know, very mediocre. Like you have some decent categories you hope to win those, but you could lose big when you're putting those types of stats up for sure against a very competitive team. Uh, standouts: Freddie Freeman, seven rods, a home run, five RBIs, a stolen base with a 370 on base. Uh, Starlin Marte. Quietly, the number 37 on Yahoo. He has eight runs, three home runs, seven RBIs, three stolen bases, and a 407 on him. You know, that's a nice week this week. Three home runs and three RBIs. Um, nice for him. And then Nola and Flaherty. Nola's on the going to be sold, but Nola had a good week. And so did Jack Flaherty. I was waiting for Flaherty to be sold, too. Uh, maybe he should have. Maybe he wants to hold on to him and try to win the toilet bowl, or in case he maybe slips in. He didn't want to trade everybody away. Uh, but it, once you start selling like that, just go all for next year. I thought, uh, I thought there was some missed opportunities. I'm kind of in first. I'm kind of glad it wasn't because I felt like the other teams could have got better, or I would have to go pay and get better. And I didn't want to necessarily do that to prevent people from doing it. So uh, I think there was definitely some missed opportunity by a few sellers. Uh, and then for the pilots, Josh Donaldson. I was surprised to see. Uh, I mean, he had three runs, three home runs, five RBIs, three fifty five on base. But he's the number forty two player on the year. Did not know that. I was a little surprised. Um, but uh, eight RBIs out of Mancini, but it was three runs and one home run. Like, just not much there. Uh, pitchers, somebody stood out. Uh, Marquez. Like, that could have been another guy. Like, he wouldn't, he's not great, Herman Marquez, but he probably should have sold him. But I think Jay might have sold three guys, actually, so he couldn't. Uh, but he had a 10K game. Uh, no runs allowed. .33 whip with the one quality start. So, like, he's been great before. He had really good year last year. Went for a lot this year. Um, yeah. Uh, the last matchup of the week, uh, the Terriers, who were in the playoffs, versus the Giants. Uh, seventh versus second now. Chet's in seventh place, right outside the playoffs looking in. And the Giants are currently in the second bye. Um, the week for Chet, 35 runs, 11 home runs, 30 RBIs, 5 stolen bases, 332 on base. Uh, Bob loses with 27 runs. They tie with 11 home runs. Bob wins 33 RBIs to the 30. He loses with only four stolen bases to the five and a 293 on base. That's really bad. Uh, Chet stats, not bad. You know, 332 on base isn't great. 30, you know, 30 RBIs, they're, they're not bad. You know, I can't, you can't make fun of them for that or anything like that. Uh, they were close in some of these categories. Obviously, they tied at home runs. Uh, Bob only won with three RBIs, one stolen base down. Uh, both on bases are bad. Uh, but Chet's putrid pitching, two saves, 47 Ks, 6.03 ERA, a 1.73 whip, and two quality starts. Obviously, Bob took four of those pitching categories. Somehow, Bob only got one save. He actually has decent saves. Uh, so, you know, check out Lucky, the two-to-one saves against Bob. Uh, Bob wins with 78 Ks, 3.19 ERA, a 1.05 whip, eight quality starts. So those stats are pretty good. It's not, you know... Not bad for Bob. You know, he could have probably done more if he had to for pitching or something, but it looks like he kind of easily won those categories, so he didn't have to go pick up starters or anything like that. Um, but Bob probably wanted to win a little bit more, but Chet came back and was able to – I think Chet feel like – he probably got like – I think I believe if I'm correct, Chet was losing by more. So this is to keep within – you know, to make a 4-5, to not lose to a bye team by a bad, you know, and stay within it when everybody else – no one won big. Actually, you know, most some of these teams lost to teams that they really should have beat. So – uh, you got to feel happy. Probably actually after that, it could have been a lot worse for Chet. All right. So that was a lot to get through. Hopefully everything recorded, right?
Looks like it. Uh, hopefully, I'll have this episode out right away. Four weeks left. Let me just see real quick. Let's see. I'm going to check what's going on, see if any updates or anything like that. And uh, phone's not updating. Well, anyways, uh, good luck the rest of the year. Trades. I mean, there's uh auction out there for NOLA. There's one trade that needs to be uh, to go through. Curious to see. Uh, everybody gets their own vote. I just know that, like, everybody's aware, and if you, someone sees you veto their trade, you know, everybody has the same rules. Uh, it is what it is. Thanks for the hard-working commish. Hopefully everybody agrees with him on this one. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good day. See you later. Bye.